Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this wonderful Feel Good Friday, June 2nd, 2023. This sports program starts now. Feel Good Friday it is, too. It has been an amazing week, and obviously it's only a four-day week because we had Monday off so that we could say thanks to those who signed a line and then are passed on and are still bigger badasses than any of us Thank that are speaking into this microphones are. But it's been a great four days. A lot of things have happened. And last night, the NBA Finals tipped off. We had real live sport from one of the power leagues in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And we saw real power out of the team from Denver, Colorado. It really does feel like this is the year for the Nugs. Not only did they have to get through a little bit of a tough West Coast, but now that they're squaring off against this Miami Heat team, who played... Uh, piss poor. Oh, yeah. didn't play mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, missing a lot of shots. Was that the thin air? Were they not? Mm-hmm. Uh, ball but drop. Then at six feet, at 1,500, 280 feet, or 5,280 feet, or maybe in Boston with that muck of just like oh, Boston yeah. people. Yes. Is the air a little thicker Stink. maybe there? So are they going to have to get used to the thin air so they can make some shots? Seems like this was a Lakers issue as well whenever they're playing in yeah. Denver against the Nugs. But nonetheless, that team is electrifying. The arena is the exact same. They were blowing the shit out of the Miami Heat until a fourth quarter run that the Miami Heat had. The Nuggets still cover the nine-point spread. Got a little closer than any of us could have yeah. thought it was going to get late there. But congrats to the Nuggets taking one of the league. Yeah. Now, if you listen to all the South Florida marks that are big-time fans of the Miami Heat, have been for a long time because they have won in the past, and they have had very, very, very high-profile humans on that team. Yep. Big time. And now they're South Florida Panthers fans. Sure, yeah. they like bah, 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 bah. Okay, we guess you are. Now, granted, if this is what the Florida Panthers are going to be, what they have been over the last couple of years, last year they scored more goals than anybody than they get in the playoffs, and they just kind of collapsed. This year they're in the fucking Stanley Cup yep. Finals. They could be a team for the foreseeable future. So welcome to hockey yeah. down there in South Florida. But if you listen to the South Florida folks talk about the Miami Heat, they go, anytime Miami Heat have won, they've never won game one. What are we even fucking talking about? Of course. Okay, it's going to get ugly. Sure, there's been a couple of series earlier this season where teams that would go on to win the series actually lost by like 30 in a game. Yeah. That can happen in the NBA playoffs where it's a best of seven series. It's a lot. A lot of basketball. People just show up some nights and can't make shit. Sometimes they're a little tired. They're not as quick. Does not mean anything for game two. With that being said, this Nuggets team appears to be the reason why other teams have the worst games yes. that they have. And that doesn't really get chatted about enough. And I think this Joker guy and obviously Jamal Murray coming into his own, like bubble Jamal Murray here once again, yeah, they are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Unreal. I, they, they had the two-time MVP on their team in his Joker character. Couldn't get on TV. Yeah, ever. You win a championship, will they be able to get on TV? I fucking hope so. Uh, It'd be good for the NBA. I like their coach, too. He seems to have great personality. And I like that we have actual sports happening, even though Mm -hmm. it was seemingly a very boring blowout last night Mm. in Denver to tip off the NBA Finals. We got the NHL this week. Here we go. We got golf this week. We got a lot of things happening in the sports world, and we're going to enjoy the hell out of today. Hopefully, we'll get some of your phone calls as well on the 5 Energy phone line. Go one 833 432 or 1-833. Three, three, four. Da-da-dum. Or your favorite moments from the week. Let's hear about it Ooh. on the phone call. I I do appreciate the callers coming in and congratulating us and me. I am very thankful for that. Uh, let's just go. 
You know, yeah, we're past yep. it. It's we're like past a happy it. Congratulations. New year. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's only been uh, a few weeks, a week or so for everything. But we appreciate the congratulations. We are still catching heat. That interview I did with Jimmy Trainer on that SI Media podcast, I think I laid out a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you don't Absolutely. see where I'm coming from or where we're coming from, I hope that you'll just have a little bit of trust that when we get on ESPN, the show will still resemble what this particular program is. And we're always going to be us idiots until we're not, and then we're just going to disappear. Bingo. Exactly. That's been the plan since the beginning, and nothing has changed at all. Uh, but I have enjoyed kind of this entire time, mm-hmm. and we are thankful for Let's get right to the shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? On yep. the phone. Let's, yeah. get, right, throwing let's get right to it. Yeah. Because you're helping us. The reason why we're going phones, you know what? We don't have anything right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> Give us something. We don't have anything right now because our show uh, is very structured, obviously. Of yep. course. We're going to talk about this, and we're going to talk about this, what? and we're talk about this. What? And there's no chance that this potentially leads to this. No, no. Yeah. Right. It never happens. Nope. And then we're just kind of bouncing around every once in a while. Now, my brain, I think, since the beginning of time, since my existence, has always been able to kind of bing, bang, boom, boom, and let's keep this thing flowing. Let's have a good time here. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, though, we run dry. The water has run out in the well. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the five energy phone line. We're like, hey, we need you. And then all of a sudden, we got a whole stumble out the gates. Can't have Don't need that. Don't need that. We've had incredible callers on this program. Who was the guy? Connecticut UPS driver? Gary. Oh, fuck. Gary, Gary in Connecticut. Forgot yep. about Gary. I was thinking about him last night. Literally, as I was thinking about our entire story, I'm like, remember that guy? Yeah. What was his name? Jimmy, I thought his name was. It's Gary. Yep. He was fantastic. He was the man. Gumpy. Incredible caller. Mm-hmm. John from Georgia. Oh, Bingo. Incredible caller. We've had so many great callers on this particular program. We love the phone line. But when you get through, and sometimes you're going to have to wait. Guess what? We're waiting, too. We're fucking here as well. Exactly. So we do. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it goes. When you get in, let's go. Because you are saving the program, mm-hmm. and we are very grateful for it. Speaking of the program that I am very grateful for, the Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. All the boys in the back. AJ Hawk will be joining us in the next hour, as he does every single day, pretty much, except for, like, vacation. Yeah, sure. Ohio State yeah. stuff. When he needs a breather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every once in a while, just... Axel. When Axel he doesn't want to Yep, foot, exactly. Uh, I'm just going to need 30. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? Well, I need, like... Like four hours, kind of recharge. Need to talk to my team <laughs> today, tomorrow. I need to talk to the publicist and bingo. Yeah. Right. All the, the other. Yeah. yeah. See if it's still good for me. Or mm-hmm. Bobby Carpenter, make sure. Yeah. Bobby definitely talk to Bobby. Bobby talks to him. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. talk to Bobby. Uh, Kenny Albert will join us today. Nice. Oh. About twelve minutes. He'll be the voice of the NHL playoffs on TNT this year. He's the only current and active broadcaster that calls all four major leagues. Bingo. Pretty sweet. Same year, still happening. And he actually has a book coming out called uh, "A Mic for All Seasons," which is it appears to be a life story with a lot of business and other things going on in there. Kenny, obviously the son of Marv. Mm-hmm. Marv Albert, voice of a lot of sports. Kenny gets that gig. I would assume he caught some hell, but at this stage, he is so incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. He can call all... His life must just be a constant prep. Oh, yeah. yeah He's prepping sure. at all times. Can't wait to hear him chat about what he thinks about what this series is going to look like in the NHL Finals. Uh, and also, like, he was there for when T.O., Stomped on a star. Oh. Like, he's been, he's oh, been yeah. around. He's been That's around. Sweet. Yeah. Long, long time. He's been there, done that for definitely everything. Can't wait to hear some stories from him. And Mitch Morse, center for the Buffalo Beals. Here we go. Will join us in the second hour. We've been look everything we look up for this guy, and obviously he's an offensive lineman, so there's not a lot of highlights or people talking about these people. It's just like, oh, he's getting into a fight for Josh Allen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's uh, in the photo of the year of the NFL because he's consoling a teammate after a devastating loss. This guy appears to be, like, greatest teammate 
around. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to chat with Mitch Morse. We appreciate him joining us. Uh, and we're going to have a hell of a Friday here. So having yeah. a hell of a Friday, if you're a Nuggets fan, you got to be having a hell of a Friday yeah. after watching what happened last night. Connor, I don't know if the Miami Heat will ever play that ass again. Exactly. But are the Nuggets the reason why these teams are playing so ass? I, I think that should definitely be in a conversation. Yeah, I definitely think so. Like The whole thing with them, too, is it's a different player every night. I think it was the start of the game. There was no really shots from Jokic. I don't know if he shot more than five times. Oh, uh, we can't switch. We can't switch. That's what, that's, I oh, assume okay, that uh, after a couple minutes. But yeah, can How does that continue to happen? That's a good question. You know what I mean? Your mic isn't on either, Foxy, so you're speaking like, and I, I see your mouth, but I can't hear the words coming out of it. Yeah, I don't know. It hasn't happened for about two weeks now. It's just, I see that's the not, computer. Like, that isn't, that's not a real line. It hasn't happened for like two weeks, as if that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. No, whatever, no, no, yeah, I'm saying like, but when we do a daily show, like, things just happening every two, this is not supposed to happen. Yeah, no. Every other month. Who are, what is this? Is this an update thing? Is this like that full swing simulator up there where you have it? to have all, every, which we try, we have done, that thing has become a weapon in here. Yeah, now. it's great now. We did not keep up with it, I guess, enough for all the updates that come seemingly every single We're back. Morning. We're back? We're back. We're back. Okay. So is it something then that's pretty easy to figure out? Should we, uh, we should be able to figure that out, hopefully. Yeah, it looks like there's just uh, the memory Builds up to 100, percent and then it just resets down to zero again. We have to reset it, but uh, we we've talked to the the memory of what the switcher does. Yeah, basically. so it just completely crashes. Do we not have any presets in there that I, we can I cut into the memory? I think it's a f- uh, flaw. Like we have like a bad one. They're saying a new one, but we've been talking to their uh, their team, whatever you're gonna call it. Jeez, Louise, got a lemon. Got a lemon. So uh-huh. it's not the actual switcher; it's the control panel. The control panel, like the memory builds up on it. Yeah, got a lemon. Yep. Yeah, of a control mm-hmm. panel. Got a lemon. Well, at least the people who set it up are great people. And Thanks a lot, Don. So this is what, another thing why people are like, why are you going to a network? It's like, well, this is just one of the reasons. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Lemon, it's going to get switched out. If mm-hmm. you do remember, I saw this happen to Lebertard or whatever, and like, this is just what happens, I guess, everywhere. But certainly when you don't have a billion-dollar operation behind you that has overkill in their production world, like there's some days you're just not going to have power. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like our, our old happens Multiple times. Multiple times. Middle of the show. Middle of the show. Live in an interview. Who was Kamaru Usman. Kamaru yep. Usman was right. giving one of the greatest motivational speeches of all time. So yeah. good. Talking about whenever I start walking out there, you know, I feel like a warrior. I am a king. I am a god as he's going out there. He wraps that up. I'm about to hit like, oh, you're doing it. Everything. Whole system collapses. Mm-hmm. Internet stops. Power office. stops. Yeah. Whole office have no lights. Can't, TV. Well, how do we figure it out? Well, we got to call. We don't. Them. We're dumb for the day. We don't have. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't going to get figured out. Then something else will just stop working. There was one Halloween episode uh, where we only had access to one camera. Yep. Yep. And we dressed up. For three hours. Yep. And everybody, yeah, it was, yep. it's these types of things where it'll be nice just to be able to have somebody just be like, boop. Exactly. Let me take care of that. Yeah. Not that Zito wasn't able to do that right there, but like after the first time that happens, you know, which two weeks ago, hey, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Got it done. But it does seem like for the future, if we don't get that new switcher, in the next two weeks, we should keep an eye on the memory thing. You know what I mean? We should yeah. have that as a uh, a jot down. Got it. But goddamn, it's going to be nice whenever there's professionals that are oh. talking to these professionals so that the people who we hire who are – I don't want to say all of them act this way because we've met a lot of good people. Absolutely. In a lot of fields. Met a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. For sure. But some of these people come in and they know that we got no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> it, you know? So they like kind of had like a God complex almost. Yeah, exactly. Talk. So you offer up a question or idea, you're an idiot because mm-hmm. you don't know what this is. And it's that would like, never work. 
I guess you're right. I sure. don't I don't know anything about that. And that's like a part of the entire headache thing that kind of mm-hmm. could possibly go away when you have billions and billions of dollars of infrastructure behind you. Yeah. Something, just something to think about. Mm-hmm. Just something to think yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Anyways, resources. But people would like to see how good you look. The Miami Heat, they can't play that bad, or is it the Nuggets' fault that they played that bad? Uh, it's the Nuggets' fault. I mean, they're unbelievable <laughs> on defense. There's a lot of other things, too. But yesterday, you kind of go back to what Bill Walton said, and he said a lot, but one thing in particular, he said, you know, hey, when, excuse me, when the Celtics played uh, Will okay. Chamberlain, is I, right? I am okay. It's all the bug. <laughs> Uh, when the Celtics played Will, Ch- Will Chamberlain, they just had Bill- one guy cover Bill Russell and or Bill Russell cover Will Chamberlain, and Will scored you know sixty mm-hmm. points a game, but they kept winning. And for the Heat, they decided, hey, let's double Jokic, yeah. make sure that he doesn't score sixty points. But then he ends up with fourteen assists because all the guys he's passing to are hitting open shots, and that's what the problem was with the Heat. Like all the guys that played unbelievable against the Celtics, Max Struess and Caleb Martin, they were a combined one for seventeen. They, they only scored three points, and then. For for Jokic and the Nuggets, Struce is a sniper, right? Yeah, he's their shooter. And for the for the Nuggets, they so have, for him the thin air could be a thing. Wide open threes, wide open. But like he is, he's mm-hmm. a great. Like I don't want to say he's a great. Caleb Martin was shooting great too. They both were. But like Struce is out there strictly to shoot threes. Mm-hmm. That is on the offensive side. That yeah. is what he is. Doing. Shooter, yeah. He's getting the. He's Mike Miller. Yep. Bingo. He's every Kyle Corver, mm-hmm. Kyle Corver, uh, Michael Red. Duncan Robinson kind of, but Duncan yeah. Robinson, I guess, plays a little bit. But he is that he is that guy <laughs> yes, for that team. Exactly. He's only the only thing I've ever seen that guy shoot is a three pointer. Yes, might have seen him do a layup once. Whenever everybody sure. knows he's doing it, he sure. cuts and does that thing. But he is a three point shooter. One for seventeen. What you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. The hoop gets smaller. That ain't gonna get the job done. They're but all- he'll, he won't do that again, though. I don't think. Well, you never know. If you he's would a think sniper, no. you would think that. If he's a sniper, I would assume he's not going to do that again. Oh man, it's streaky, right? Shooters are streaky. Like if you, they they were real hot, and then is this where they kind of go cold? And also, we were talking about it earlier. I mean, not, shooters at the Y, maybe. I mean, this is the but no, it's, it's, it's I, the NBA Finals. There's no way. Yeah, it's his first NBA Finals too. So is the oh the, that's, baby. That's Shaq part and of it. Shaq and Peyton Manning shaking hands over exactly. there. Oh, Bingo. Shit, everybody's yep. here. Yeah, lights are a little brighter, and like that. There's a chance that's true, but. Also, maybe it is the year. Uh, the other thing is the Nuggets are huge. Was, Every single player on their team is massive. So Strews going up against Derek White, sure. But when he's going up against a Michael Porter Jr., he's has, so big, he's huge. Save he was bringing board. it up. He was bringing it down the court or whatever. And it's like that guy, guy's massive. Very clearly taller than everybody else on this particular yeah. team. And I, I view him as a small guy because he's on Joker's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess it's kind of well, how you got to go. And the steal is from SVP. Aaron Gordon jumped over a Muppet, okay, to win it. Or no, he lost that dunk contest. I'm pretty yeah, sure. But but they were covering him yesterday with guys that were six five and six four, and he just kept taking them to the post. What do you have? The first six points or something? Yeah, like that. I think he had mm-hmm. ten or twelve, ten or twelve in the first quarter. Like, but first, yeah, he yeah, also yeah, hawked up an air ball yes, uh-huh. from three, so he could have had yeah. the first nine points. Yeah. But the middle of it was him hawking up an air ball, and I mean, it was I was like, oh, the heat. That's the air. And I was like, yeah, that guy lives there. Ah, don't uh, know why. He's all right, jacked up. Yeah. I'm just going to go inside. Mm-hmm. Yep. Him and Joker work in the paint. Fun to watch. They work incredible. And, and you know, like you said, Junior, Porter Junior is, is 6'10". Like, Jamal Murray's not, not a small guard. What are you saying? It's four games? No. Is that what you said? Five Five is definitely in play, though. I, mean, I, I it, could see a sweep. Like I mean, it, I just, like, we look at, like, yeah, the, the Heat probably won't shoot as poorly as they did last night, but... 
you can't stop Jokic. Like he's either going to score or they do what they did last night and you can't let him impact the game like that. Like that you can't win if he has 15 assists cuz you know he's going to have a bunch of rebounds. You know he's going to score. Like if he's finding guys wide open and they're knocking down shots, like unless the Heat shoot 43s a game and make 40% of them. Like, I just don't know how you beat them. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who might have uh, some opinions because he is obviously called the NBA. He is also called the MLB. What? He is also called the NFL. What? And starting this weekend, he'll be again calling the NHL Stanley Cup Final. Has a book coming out in the fall, a mic for all seasons, because he's on a microphone for all seasons. Hell yeah. The guy can cover every single sport. That means his brain is incredibly large. Obviously, his dad was a talent, as is he. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Albert. Yay! How are you, man? Hey, Pat. How are you? Good. So, is your life just a constant prep? I, like, I, we read this. You know, I, I've... I've had the opportunity to be in the booth for uh, college football, for a Pro Bowl, right. and for an NFL game, I guess. I did do an NFL yeah. game. It was yeah. like 31 nothing or whatever. Not really my – I'm not good at it. It's not really my thing. My brain, I don't love it. I get exhausted. And, you know, I'm not great for the viewers either. But I did get to witness some play-by-play people in the work that they have to put in, in the boards that they have for just one fucking game that maybe nobody's watching. I couldn't even fathom having to do that for all four major sports at the highest level. Are you just always prepping and memorizing things? Or at this point, do you just have like a photographic memory? Well, there, there is a lot of useless information in my brain. And I do have a big head because I have trouble with hats. And uh, it's always, uh, you know, it, it's an adventure to try to find a hat that might fit. But speaking of that useless information and the vault... Uh, and, and the file cabinet that I have in my house. I actually pulled out my game chart. You probably don't remember this, but Here we go. your second NFL game, preseason 2009, I was on the call. Colts-Eagles with my partners at the time, uh, the great Daryl Johnston and the late great Tony Siragusa. Recipes. And in my notes, uh, I have Pat McAfee, seventh round pick, rookie, and also had written down the fact that you had a 63-yard punt the week before yes. in your NFL debut. So that was in my notes. I also had a little note. I guess you were holding that game, and I had a note that you had never held before. So is that accurate? Yeah, all these things are, yep, good research here. Hey, hey, this is, hey I appreciate you doing it. I went, I went deep into the files, but that was that was the second NFL game of your career. That's fantastic that you still have that file and we're able to look into it. So first preseason game, uh, we played the Vikings, I do believe. In my first two punts, like 63 yards, 61 yards. And they just cut Tim Maste like two days before, who was definitely a better punter than me, but they drafted me. They didn't draft him. He would go on to be the Packers punter for like mm-hmm. 10 years or something like that, win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think he was on the team when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think he won a Super Bowl with the yeah. Packers or whatever, but he got cut. I kept the job like two days before the first preseason game, and it was like that was the strictly welcome to the NFL type thing because he was definitely a better punter than me at that point. And But I got drafted, so fucking sorry. <laughs> sorry. And I liked him. By the, way, by the way, his name was crossed out on my board. I saw the name <laughs> on there, and I guess I had – written the lineups in the week before, so he had a big X mark through his name. Literally two days before the game. So, like, that's when I found out I was going to have a job because I thought I was potentially not going to have a job, and then it was going to be like a whole, what am I doing again? So my first two punts go 60 and 60, like bombs. I'm like, hell yeah. Let's go. I got this figured out. I didn't even know how to punt at that time. So then that next week, the night before, I'm trying to sleep. I'm like, I got to hit. 
big bowls. Sixty-five. Wow. Yeah. And I was not mentally tough enough to handle that. I had like three shanks in that game. I, I think I was I was back out at like maybe not having a job. And Savroka was the punter for the other team, and I met him in warmups. And he's six foot six. 260 pounds or whatever the fuck it is. I'm like, man, I'm not supposed to be in this men's league. Anyways, great trip down memory lane. I appreciate that. Let's talk about your brain, your memory, your future here. This NHL Stanley Cup final is a great one. We are very excited for the Vegas Golden Knights. And obviously, they're a newer team, an expansion team a few years back. Have had success, but not to this potential opportunity. They seem to be buzzing. Jackie Aces and Stoner and the boys. Mm -hmm. Then you think about this Florida Panthers team who... I mean, Kachuk might be <laughs> my favorite player in the league. What are you looking forward to? And what are some of the storylines that you're kind of jotting out in your head for the first game tomorrow? Well, it should be a great series. I'm out here in Vegas, traveled yesterday. I'll head over to Media Day in a little while. Uh, two organizations that have never won a Stanley Cup, Vegas in their sixth year. And how ironic, their owner, Bill Foley, uh, I think it was at the expansion draft in 2017, he remarked, I want to make the playoffs by year three and win the Stanley Cup year six. Well, they got to the Stanley Cup final year one, lost to Washington in five games. They've had remarkable success. Um, it was their fourth trip to the to the semifinal round this year and their second time in the Stanley Cup. And then on the other side, you have Florida, as you mentioned, uh, a fairy tale story. They sneak into the playoffs during the last week. Uh, last season, they won the President's Trophy, best regular season record. This year, up and down. They were nine points out of a playoff spot in late December. Okay. They finished one point ahead of uh, your Penguins. Yeah, Penny. I knew where you're going there, literally. They sneak in, and uh, here they are. Uh, they they beat Boston in the first round after trailing three games to one. Uh, get by Toronto in five games. And then our crew worked the series against Carolina. Matthew Kachuk, unbelievable, scored the two overtime goals, uh, four overtimes in game one. That didn't make it into my book because it's done. It's in the hands of the editors and it's in print. But, um, you know, that that certainly would have been included as far as memorable games uh, ending at 154 in the morning. And then Kachuk scores the game winner uh, in game four with five seconds left. So it should be a great series. Okay. So you were calling that game? We called the four overtime game. Yep. So we were trying to predict the next morning how many humans outside of people in that arena and now, like, Insomniacs, we'll count them. Yes, sure. We'll count insomniacs because they can't sleep. How many humans were able to stay up for that entire thing? And then, like, at any point, did you this might this game may never end? Because <laughs> I, I think there was there's another uh a couple of your memorable games that you've talked about. I think there was one that was very long or something like that. And this what, game, yeah, what, twenty inning, twenty inning baseball game. There oh, it is. Yeah, I was reading oh. that in here. Twenty. Did you think that game was never gonna end? And did you have that thought potentially for that Caniacs and Panthers game? Like that's another full game and a yeah. period Jeez. happening after a fucking game ends. I mean, that's a is there a thought in there like what if this actually, okay, what if for the first time ever, game never ends? Keeps going. Did you ever have that fear or thought throughout the entire well, time? First of all, going back to the 20-inning game, that was in 2010. This might be my claim to fame. Never left the booth to go to the men's room. Seven straight hours. Diaper-wearing <laughs> Kenny Young. You wearing a diaper up there? I did go a couple of times. You know, in hockey, you have the longer intermission, so okay. I no did go to the men's room. I think after the first and second period of the four overtime game, but after that, you never expect it to go that long. You're always thinking it's going to end in the first overtime, the second overtime. The intermissions are shorter. There are no TV timeouts, so it does go faster. 
Now, my partner, Eddie Olchek, kept giving me a look every time I mentioned this is now the eighth longest game in NHL history. It's now the sixth longest game. I'm not sure he was too thrilled along with Keith Jones down at ice level that it was going that long. But for a play-by-play guy, you want to be a part of history. That's my personal feeling. So I wanted it to go to that fifth overtime. Only five games in history have ever gone that long past the fourth overtime. Our game ended at the end of the fourth. And I felt great. I wasn't tired. I think the adrenaline kicks in. But the next day, I felt like I was either hit by a truck or just got off a red-eye flight without sleep. It took a couple of days. I don't know how the players do it, Pat. For me, it took a couple of days to recover from that four-overtime game. I guess just the the feeling of, um, you know, I'm, I'm on a stool, but you're standing for a good portion of the game. And it's six hours um, talking, you know, nonstop without a break. So it's always cool to be a part of those long ones. But there were times, I think I joked, uh, so Keith Jones, our great uh, reporter, you know, analyst down at ice level, He's about to take over as the president of hockey operations for the Flyers beginning on June 1st. And I think I I said during the third overtime, hey, Jonesy, uh, you know, if this keeps going, you're not going to be able to start that other job on time. (laughs) I mean, there was a chance, too, that I – there was no chance that I was going to stay up. No way. But there was a chance that some people in our office were going to say, I think they made it to, like, through the second one. To think that there was a whole nother one, and then and I saw the oh. I saw I saw the Panthers actually put out on social media uh, a form letter that people could use to send to their work like or that. school to excuse them because they were up so late watching the game. I like that. So, what are you? Uh, you a coffee guy? You doing five hour energies? Meth? What? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big diet coke guy. I guess I don't like coffee. Only drink tea when. Uh, there's a throat issue, which, knock on wood, doesn't happen very often. But uh, either water or Diet Coke during the game, that that helps out for sure. Are you just shotgunning those after, like, second overtime and then after a third overtime as well? Uh, not too many because you don't want to have to run out during the course of the game. I We're close leave. to out of supply. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Got it. You try not to drink too much. Uh, that's amazing because I I'm a I used to be a tea guy. I've kind of dropped off the teas. Now I'm doing these smoothies that have like vitamin B12 and everything in it as well. And then I'll take a five hour energy, but six hours of calling a game. And you got to be you got to be setting the tone not only for the people that are watching, which probably isn't a lot at that time, but the next morning we're watching that whole clip and it has to feel as big as it actually was, mm-hmm. even though you are in your sixth hour of. You know, giving your entire performance pretty much over the game. We appreciate everything that you do. You've been doing it a long time. You've been doing it great. And we talked about this uh, when we were chatting about you earlier. Like, you know, Joe Buck, Jack Collinsworth is going through it right now. Like, there is a conversation around nepotism in TV. But that sometimes overshadows actual talent. Like, I assume there's a lot of kids of people that have gotten on TV and are no longer on TV. Like, Joe Buck, every time he would come on the show, he was very, like, he beat the shit out of himself almost because he felt obligated to do so because how everybody else does it. And I think the reason why that happened is because when he got handed the job or whatever, everybody's like, well, this is only happening because of his dad. It's like, yeah, but if he didn't have talent, he's not going to keep that job. Jack Collinsworth is kind of going through it right now, right? Like, Jack has gotten some big-time jobs, very quickly with NBC because his dad has obviously had a very successful career. And, like, I always ask the people that are, like, killing him, like, 
is he supposed to not take that job? Like, what yeah. is he? What is he supposed to do? And if he's not great, like they will find a way to kind of funnel him out of there. Did you take any of that shit? Do you listen to any of that stuff? And do you know how many people are like after the seats that you're in? Because there's only a few of you guys uh, and girls that get to basically do play by play of the biggest things that happen in our sports world. Right. It's a great question. And, and I write about this in my book. Um, I was very fortunate to grow up in a sports casting family. It was great uh, with my father and my uncles. I got to tag along and, and go to games throughout my childhood. And when I was old enough, I would start bringing a tape recorder to Madison Square Garden or Shea Stadium. My parents gave me a toy tape recorder for my birthday when I was five or six years old. And I would call games in my bedroom. And it was just something that I always loved doing. And Obviously, I had a great teacher that I grew up with in my house, and I would learn via osmosis. I was never told, you have to go into this. It was something that I always wanted to do. And there are lawyers and doctors, you know, thousands of them around the country whose children get into the same profession. It's, it's what you grow up around. And um, I had a huge break in high school when a local cable station came to my school to film a girls' basketball game. And I volunteered to announce the game. They clipped a microphone onto my shirt and uh, wound up working 75 to 100 games in all sports during my high school years. And it was, I felt like I had such an advantage because at that time, kids my age didn't have those opportunities, but I worked hard at it. Um, it, it and then fast forwarding, uh, my first job was minor league hockey in Baltimore, a team called the Skipjacks. And it was the best two years uh, that I could have ever imagined. Just getting the reps, uh, eight, 10 hour bus rides. Um, there's a story in the book, a fake arrest a prank that was set up nice. uh, Barry Trotz, who was our assistant coach and my roommate on the road for two years. And now he's the third winningest coach in NHL history, led the Washington Capitals to a Stanley Cup. But those years were very important as far as developing my own style. And then you mentioned Joe Buck in 94, Rupert Murdoch and Fox uh, make this crazy, unexpected bid for the NFC package. It had been on CBS for about 38 years. And Fox decides to hire... Uh, John Madden and Pat Summerall, two of the all-time greats, Dick Stockton and Matt Millen. And then they took a chance on four young, unproven play-by-play -play broadcasters. And I'm I'm very proud to say that I'm heading into my 30th year, believe it or not, with Fox. Joe Buck is a legend in the business, now with Monday Night Football, but uh, a countless number of Super Bowls and World Series. Uh, Kevin Harlan was one of the original hires at Fox. He's gone on to a great career at CBS and TNT. Tom Brenneman, who was at Fox for over 25 years. So, like you said, uh, we all may have had a, a, a little bit of a foot in the door because we were able to tag along uh, with our parents and and learn by sitting in a broadcast booth and watching how they did things. But uh, once you get the job, you're not going to keep it for very long unless you perform at, at the level that's expected. So, um, you know, certainly – uh, you know, we we all heard things back in the early days. They only got hired because of their last name. But I think the longevity certainly proves that uh, uh, we've all been able to do the job at a pretty high level. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, you're doing all four sports. The amount of work that takes, uh, it makes sense you're doing 75 to 100 games in high school. James. And whenever you're a kid, you know, we hope that everybody gets a chance to have the same views. And I hope this is how it is with my uh, new daughter and everything like that. Your parents are like your heroes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're watching them, you're getting to see them every single day. So if your hero is somebody that's calling sports, there's a chance that you're going to mimic it. Yeah. You're going to pick some things up and get naturally better at it. So whenever something happens in high school where they're like, hey, we want to do these games, does anybody want to do this? A lot of kids are like, yeah, 
called him. Uh, yeah, I've watched 10,000 games yeah. actually be called, and I've been practicing this since I'm five years old. Yeah. You had to be the greatest high school broadcaster in the fucking history. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't even imagine what that was, but I appreciate you saying about the work. Like, hey, I still had to earn my stripes in this business in Baltimore with that hockey team. It's uh, We got massive respect for you and your brain, pal. I, I think you I think you should not, not only us, I assume a lot of people do, but the more and more we learned about you through this entire process, you coming on the show, you're a fucking workhorse, pal. Mm-hmm. And we we got big fans. We are big fans of workhorses out here. Great work ethic. And they don't have to. Don't, rich little kid. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. Doesn't have, have to do it. Doesn't have to. Has a work ethic that anybody would admire. So shout out to you, Kenny. Connor has a question for you. And he is a fan of the NHL team mm-hmm. that has had the greatest regular season ever since 2005. Most wins ever. Most wins since 2005, Ever. for sure. Most wins ever. Uh, you know, post-shootout era, you know. Uh, 65. Back in the day, you know, Detroit. How many is Detroit? 62, right? Yeah. yeah. Two wins. Yeah. But, yep. And how many ties did they have? Well, uh, none. I, I forget. None. No, they, Couple. Oh, they did. They had ties, yeah. They, they wish they would shoot out. Yeah, but I forget. They had a certain amount of ties. Mm, Should have won them. If they Should've win two them. of those, they probably have 65. Who knows? Well, they did. didn't, unfortunately. Yeah, but they didn't have the opportunity to do that. But so they the Boston Bruins, greatest. They had a chance. This happens all the time. We apologize. Just have to clarify some stuff for the Boston Bruins fan. Yeah, like, certainly an asterisk because they had the opportunity to win shootouts when the uh, Red Wings did not. Most but, wins in the Crosby era. Uh, okay. See, that was a personal shot. No, <laughs> Why no. you do this, Skip? He's the best player. He's the best player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, he's a diehard Bruins fan. He has a question for you, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny, thanks for bringing up uh, the Panthers beating the Bruins. Really appreciate that. Uh, when you're looking at all of the stuff you call, and you know, Pat said it, all four major sports, it's unbelievable. What's the hardest one to kind of get up for and to call? Like, Is it harder to do one of those late games, I assume, not just because it's playoffs and at least you know, you're getting a, a big game and a big finish and you know that's going to happen or is it like a july middle of the road baseball game like what what would you say is kind of the hardest thing to do when it comes to calling games that's a great question um you know i look at it i prepare the same way for every game whether it's a preseason hockey game a, a playoff football or hockey or basketball game you know i think back to the old joe dimaggio quote they have it hanging up in the runway you know heading from the yankee clubhouse to the field um, somebody in the stands might be watching him play for the first time. So you always have to be at your best. And I have a checklist that I go through for each and every broadcast, uh, which involves uh, watching each team's previous game, doing a lot of reading, preparing charts, statistics, et cetera. So um, that's really my feeling is that uh, you have to prepare for every game the same. Now, obviously, there's going to be more emotion and adrenaline in a playoff game than a regular season game. Um you know, to me, and I get asked all the time, Connor, about what's the most difficult sport to call. And and a lot of people think it would be hockey because of the constant movement, the fact that the players are changing on the fly. Uh, to me, it's actually the easiest, maybe because I've done it for so long. It's almost like riding a bike. Uh, basketball is similar but slower. You know, the puck's in action for 60 minutes. The ball's in action for 48. Football's the most rhythmic. It's one play and then 20 seconds. So you set up the play, you call the play, you recap it, and then get out of the way for your color analyst to come in or try and lead your analyst in a certain direction. To me, baseball is the most challenging. I've never done a team. I've never worked a full season. I do about anywhere from five to 15 games a year um, with Fox. So the baseball, you have the most downtime. Now that's changed a little bit this year with the pitch clock. Um, but the biggest challenges to me have been some of the other sports. 
I was asked to do track and field by NBC at the Olympics back mm. in 2016. Here we go. And that's a sport I had never been involved in. I did uh, beach and indoor volleyball <laughs> uh, during the, turned out it was the 2021 summer, but the 2020 Olympics. And that was a lot of fun. It was different because it was off monitors. We weren't actually there due to the pandemic. So it's always a great challenge to learn learn the other sports. I've done some boxing. Um, the only the only sport that I've ever done where I felt like I had no idea what I was watching. This is in in the 1990s. I was about 25 years old, working down in D.C., and I was asked to do a college wrestling event, the ACC championships down in North Carolina. And I prepared, and I had a great analyst, but that's the one time that I really felt as the event was taking place that I really had no clue. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. What a uh, what a whirlwind there trying to train or prepare for the track and field. What you have to learn the rules, obviously. You got to learn all the rules. Got to learn the history, too, because you can't sound like a dumbass. Because as soon as you don't, as soon as, they're looking for you to say something wrong, that track uh -huh. and field community. They're waiting. This fucking guy doesn't even yeah. know. You know what I mean? They're waiting on that whole thing. I couldn't even imagine the preparation. Then it's Olympics as well. Damn. Damn. Good luck out there. Only yeah. the world watching. I'm sure you crushed yeah, it, though. Again, again, luckily, I had some great analysts with me who were able to. Uh, you know, pick up in some of the areas where I wouldn't know about the history or or some of the rules as as well as they did. So, um, but it's always fun. It's a challenge. Uh, before the volleyball, uh, two summers ago, I actually sat down with. First of all, I bought. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to mention I bought volleyball for dummies <laughs> at my local Barnes and Noble. Smart. And I sat down with with the local volleyball coach at the high school. Uh, that my kids had attended, and she was tremendous for about an hour and a half. We went over the history, the rules, the strategy, and that was a big part of the preparation. Hell yeah. Give me a nice four. Give me a nice outside ball up there at the candy stick. Give me the top of that thing. Let me go up and get it. <laughs> Maybe a little back set to a seven. You know what I mean? You're ready to go. Yeah, I played volleyball in high school. Fucking loved it. Favorite sport that I actually played. Zero chance of me going on to do anything with it because I was actually told by one of the schools who was interested in me, uh, I didn't, we didn't have to, to play libero. They, they wanted me to play libero, which basically means, like, yeah, you're just in the back row the entire time playing defense. Can't even overhead hit it over the thing or whatever. And in high school, I was a spiker. You know, like I'm, I'm they're calling me IHOP out here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> I'm going here and I'm getting it. They're like, we have a 6'7 Lithuanian, actually, who, uh, oh, oh, who we just okay. brought That's in. Makes sense. Who's going to be sitting right there across. So, yeah, you can jump for sure. So can he. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's got a half a foot head start on you. So <laughs> you're going to be in the back just fucking eating it. <laughs> Great sport, though. Hey, great sport out there, volleyball. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to call. Favorite moment in history of calling uh, sports? Like, right there, some moment had to pop up, I assume. Well, you know, th there are a bunch of them. Uh, the one that I get asked the most about, and I've done fewer baseball games than than the other sports, but the Jose Bautista home run in bat flip in 2015, mm -hmm. uh, that's one that I get asked about all the time. Um, I've called a bunch of Stanley Cups on the radio, one prior on television, Olympic hockey, the women's gold medal game in 2018, uh, the U.S. women against Canada. Football, uh, you might remember this game, Pat. It was a divisional playoff game, uh, San Francisco, New Orleans, back 2011 season, so January 2012. It was Alex Smith and Drew Brees back and forth, oh, four man. touchdowns in the last four minutes. That's probably the most memorable game. Uh, called the Sugar Bowl with Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw as my partners, Notre Dame, LSU, Demarcus Russell, Brady Quinn. That one stands out. But I've also had a lot of moments um, during my NFL broadcasting career. I had the Terrell Owens stomping on the Cowboys star when he played for the Niners. I had the Michael Vick 
zigzag 43 yard overtime touchdown run uh, for the Falcons with Minnesota. Yeah, they had the Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown against the Jets to help propel the Giants into the postseason. This year, uh, I'm back here in Vegas today as we speak. I had the, the craziest play in the NFL yeah. this season, Chandler Jones, nice. uh, Raiders, New England, the laterals, the interception by Chandler Jones takes it in for the game-winning touchdown. So, Did you almost uh, say, murders Mac Jones <laughs> into the desert crazy, with a stiff crazy. arm? Did you? So, yeah. you know, a lot of those moments through the years, I had – you, you were a kid then, but following the Steelers, I don't know if you remember, 1995, at halftime, Bill Cowher is shoving a Polaroid picture into the pocket of the referee, Gordon McCarter. Uh, there was a 12-man on the field penalty on a field goal, and the Polaroid comes down, and Cowher actually shoves it into the pocket of the referee. So uh, a lot of memorable moments. The, the, the eight years working with Moose and Goose, um, were just so much fun. When I think back, uh, Moose Johnson up in the booth, Tony Saragusa on the field as the – he didn't like to be called a sideline reporter. He was a sideline analyst. And uh, those eight years were really special. And we all miss Goose. It's it's coming up on a year. But uh, just so many memories. He, You know, he would hate sitting around the hotel on a Saturday, for example, in between. We would meet with the home team on Friday, go to practice, visiting team on Saturday afternoon. Goose was restless. There would always have to be an activity. So if we had a game in, in Buffalo, we would go on the jet boat in Niagara Falls. Um, the only time I've ever held a gun in my hand, we went to a, a shooting range in Dallas with, with Moose and Goose. We went on a, a swamp uh, alligator tour in, in Louisiana. So yes, we were always awesome. doing something. And it helped with the camaraderie. You know, you guys always talk about the locker room and the fun, you know, away from the game. You know, it was the camaraderie. And uh, when I worked with with uh, Daryl and Tony, we had that. We would always try to find something to do on Saturday morning to keep it fun. That's we, we, awesome. uh, the most incredible thing I've ever seen in Charlotte, we did the NASCAR experience where you could actually drive the race car around the track. Now, I had never driven a stick shift, so I sat in the passenger seat and a professional took me around 150 miles an hour four times. Tony Siragusa in through the through the window you know legs first couldn't fit his head through with the helmet so he had to take the helmet off and then he drove this race car 160 miles it was incredible one of the most crazy things i've ever witnessed what a dog dude wow absolute dog you sitting in that passenger seat we got to do that to monarchy car care but you're this close to the wall goose was following the line he, he's going 160 miles an hour up to the yeah, wall I wasn't, I wasn't in the car with him but he he uh he was highly successful. He, he got it done. Let's go, Goose. Oh, wow. I'm happy to hear that. Great stories. I yeah. assume there's a lot of those because I don't want to say those are on like the tip of your tongue, it sounds like, but has it been a fun trip down memory lane as you write this on Mike for All Seasons coming out this fall? I assume it was. Yeah, it was great. Um, my, my family, my wife and kids uh, pushed me to do it. I, I have all these stories you know, stored up in my brain that I would tell when I speak at events or to high school and college broadcasters, a number of sports casting camps every summer, um, as well as advice for young broadcasters. So, Fucking workhorse, dude. Yeah. You are a workhorse. I, I did it myself. No ghostwriter. No ghostwriter. Of course, yeah, we learned that. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear your schedule and what you've done. Started, There's no way you're letting anybody else. Pandemic. Yep, started during the pandemic, finished it last summer, but it's a compilation stories about my early life, the minor league hockey days, memorable games, um, Olympics, the COVID years, travel tales. Um, one of the other 
ones that I love telling is uh, 2003. Hell yeah. Yankees, Red Sox, Game 7, Aaron Boone hits the home run. I'm down doing the interviews in the clubhouse uh, with Joe Torre and Mariano Rivera, some of the other Yankee stars. It's like 1 in the morning. The game went 11 innings and uh, ended late. So I do the interviews. I throw it back upstairs to Joe with Buck and Tim McCarver, and they sign off. So they go to the late local news. I see out of the corner of my eye, Mayor Bloomberg at the time in New York is standing off to the side of the podium. His PR person comes over to me and says, can you interview the mayor next? I said, we're done. They, they went to the late local news. He says to me, can you fake it? So <laughs> I told the man, look, look into the camera, make it seem like you're filming this interview. Yes. Mayor Bloomberg comes up and we do a five minute interview. I'm asking him about growing up in Boston. His mom's a Red Sox fan. He's the mayor of New York. And this interview not only was not on TV, it wasn't even taped. It went nowhere. <laughs> oh. Save the job of his uh, of his PR guy. How was that? How did he do? I bet you Mayor Bloomberg killed that interview, though. Was it a good? Like as you were in it, you're like, oh man, it would have been good. Man, it was. Yeah, man, what a moment! That's, that's, that's awesome. hilarious. Well, fake interview with a sitting <laughs> fucking mayor. <laughs> a sitting. I, I was putting myself in that situation where we're just walking around. And like, hey, this sitting mayor or governor or somebody mm -hmm. of importance, mayor of New York City, pretty I yeah, mean, that's big deal, huge, big deal or whatever. Uh, they, big fan of the show. I was wondering if you have like, uh, we were, all of our phones are dead in every like we don't have no recording devices. We have no service. We're and not. Then, we're sorry. And Zito holding a fucking dead phone, okay, yeah. at this person who's very important, and then us doing a fake conversation with this person, shaking fake, your hand, fake interview. That was great. Love everything about Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. And then you're just out of there and. Uh, you just you just have to go about your life, I guess, at that stage, and then now you write it as a book. Did Bloomberg know this happened? Have you ever have you ever chatted about it? I, I told the story on a couple of shows through the years, so maybe you heard about it. Same mayor, six years later, believe it or not, the new Yankee Stadium, Yankees Angels. I'm up on the podium, and I'm told in my ear by the producer Pete Machesca, "Don't turn to your left. Don't ask the mayor a question." It turns out this time. Mayor Bloomberg came onto the podium. I'm turned to my right interviewing CC Sabathia. And when I got home and watched it, it turned out he was on TV standing there. And the reason I was told not to interview him six years later was it was the election month. And if I had asked Mayor Bloomberg a question, we would have had to give his opponent equal time. So there was actually a second situation. And this time his office threatened to... Yeah. They weren't happy because he was on television, basically was ignored. Yeah. So his office threatened to pull the, the parking spots for the TV trucks <laughs> at the next game. But once it was explained, the equal time rule, uh, they understood and, and calmed down. So there's actually two crazy stories about Mayor Bloomberg in the book. Yeah, it sounds like it. I, I think if I was Bloomberg, too, I'd be like, this guy's got something against me. But the, old, um, the whole thought about them saying you were disrespectful by not letting him get interviewed – you should. I wish you guys were responding. You should hear what we did to you six years ago. <laughs> yeah, you, hey, even worse. Hey, you should hear what we did six years ago. So you talked about the Cower story in 1995, I believe is the year you said. How long have you been doing this? When did you start with the Baltimore hockey team, the Hit Sticks? Is that what they were called? Hot Sticks? The, 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 close, the Skipjacks. Yeah. So Skipjacks. That was, 19, that was 1990, 90 to 92. Uh, did the Washington Capitals for three years. And since 95, I've been with MSG Network. Rangers radio, uh, about 15 Knicks games on the TV side with Walt Clyde Frazier, uh, Fox since 94. So um, I've run the gamut. Uh, my color analyst with Fox, Ron Pitts, Anthony Munoz, 
uh, Tim Green for seven years, Brian Baldinger, uh, Moose and Goose, as I mentioned, and then uh, the Hall of Famer, Rondé Barber, can't wait to attend his induction. We worked together for three years, and now heading into my fourth year with Jonathan Vilma. So 30 years at Fox, which is crazy. Um, Stanley Cup final, as we talked about, getting started tomorrow. By the way, two members of the TNT hockey crew have a connection to Indianapolis. Not sure if you're aware. But Wayno! Wayno! First, yeah, first game. Indianapolis Racers as a 17-year-old. Yeah. And then Keith Jones, who I mentioned earlier, scored his first NHL goal in a neutral site game at Market Square Arena. It was the Capitals against the Blackhawks. First NHL goal, Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. Hell yeah. About we need to do more of this. Yeah, exactly. Show I think more. this place would love hockey if they had a team here that was great. Uh, speaking of all the people that you worked uh, with for about three decades worth of stories in this book coming up. No. Can't yes. wait to hear the more. Every single, oh, here's one, bang. Yeah. I, I would assume with all the moments you've been at, there's a lot of people at places. I can't wait to hear them all. Tony has a question for you. Yeah, Kenny, I I, thought, I think I saw it was over like 200 uh, analysts that you have worked with and called games with. Um, and my question was, can you tell immediately if you are going to get along with that person? Uh, and then also, like I, I saw you did a little work with Greg Olson. Can you tell immediately if they are going to be as good as as Greg's kind of rise here to to the top, uh, how how long does that take? Yeah, I was able to tell with Greg pretty immediately. We worked one game together. He was still an active player, and Fox on occasion uh, would use on a bye week. They would pull in an active player. They did it on a couple of occasions, um, and with Greg, it was a Giants Arizona game, and he's from New Jersey, so. The game was at MetLife Stadium, so it made perfect sense. Um, and he did a terrific job. He was so energetic, well-prepared, not surprised that he's gone on to uh, call a Super Bowl early in his broadcasting career. Um, have worked with over, I think, 225 or so analysts. And the entire list is in my book. You're probably not surprised that I that I kept track of that. Um, and I can honestly say, I can honestly say each and every one of them, I've really enjoyed whether it's somebody that I've worked 15 or 20 years with or just one game. And there are a number of those uh, had the opportunity to work three games with Troy Aikman, uh, the game with Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw that I mentioned, uh, Tim McCarver on the baseball side, all the terrific hockey analysts that I work with, Walt Clyde Frazier in basketball. Uh, the forward, uh, Clyde Frazier and Wayne Gretzky were kind enough to oh. write the forward to my book. So that is, uh, you know, when hey, I, think I was back, wondering. A couple of, couple of, you know, unbelievable athletes, best in the sport, and one of the top 50 in basketball who I watched as a youngster wind up writing the forward for the book. But you could tell pretty instantly if you have that connection, and no matter what the sport is, um, you know, the first time I work with somebody, I try to do a little research on them as well as far as their playing career, coaching career, because you want to, as a play-by-play announcer, be able to lead them into certain areas, certain subjects, so... Uh, that goes a long way towards uh, that chemistry and the synergy is is knowing um, you know a little bit about their careers. Yeah, it takes investment to build relationships, though, which is even more time. So mm-hmm. studying, prepping, investment into a relationship that has to be real. If it's not real, everybody watching at home knows, and it's like, yep, this is not that enjoyable of an experience. We're trying to enjoy our time here. Mm-hmm. We're watching our favorite team or a team play something. So it's amazing that you've been able to have such good chemistry, seemingly, with 200 people, because that takes actual investment mm-hmm. and effort. You're a fucking superhero, it seems like, in the booth. Happy and lucky that you're on the show. Last
last question here from Ty. Yeah, speaking of that prep work, Kenny, uh, Pat kind of touched on it earlier in terms of, like, you know, you having your vault and everything. Every time, like, we've had Al Michaels on a couple times, and, and he can go back and remember, you know, his exact call from some game in 1979 or 1983. Do you think – I mean, I, I feel like the guys who are really at the top of their game uh, in play-by-play – it's almost like they have a photographic memory. Now, you don't necessarily need that when you're calling the game, but, I mean, you just did it right here. You can pick obscure dates from, you know, your past and remember, and it's almost like we're there with you at the time. Like, do you consider that you almost have a photographic memory when it comes to all this kind of stuff? Because there's just so much stuff that you have to remember and retain over the course of your career. I'm not sure if it's a photographic memory, but I do remember a lot. And it does come in handy uh, during games or during the prep. I'm also somewhat of an organized hoarder. So I keep a lot of my, I, most of my game charts, you know, that I prepare at home in a file cabinet. And the next time I have a team, I'll pull that out. So I have some of the prior research uh, that I've done. But I, I've always seemed to have a, a, a pretty good memory for uh, sporting events, names, numbers, players, dates. Statistics. I do find. Could you stump the Schwab? You think? You think you could stump Schwab? Remember that show back in the day? The old Schwab. I remember Howie Schwab, right from ESPN. He he was really good. Um, you similar though? It sounds like Bear. Uh, I do find myself. Yeah. It's weird. I find myself. I'm working a football game or a hockey game. Um, sometimes I'll see a number on a uniform, and I'll think back to somebody who might have worn that same number for that team ten years ago. So you could get yourself into a little bit of a little bit of trouble with that. Um, getting back to Pat's previous thought about uh, the analyst and the chemistry during football, especially we go in on Friday morning, go to practice, have dinner. We're with each other all day Saturday. So during the football season, 18 weeks, you're probably with your crew, your analyst, your sideline reporter, your producer, director, um, you know, more often than you're with your family Friday through Sunday, every week for 18 weeks, having all kinds of meals together. So you really do become, uh, it becomes a second family and, I think that helps build the chemistry. When I talked about Tony Saragusa, you know, being a camp counselor and setting up all these activities, you just get to know each other better uh, the more time you spend away from the booth and away from the arena or stadium. So I think that's a big part of it as well. Hell yeah. Team comes uh, together around a keg. You know what I mean? Yep. Maybe right. not so much kale. And I'm not saying you got to get boozed up, but it means like out and about doing stuff. Yeah. He's where real chemistry is kind of found in. I feel like you learn about people, which builds relationships and everything like that. We're happy that we have a relationship now where we can say you came on our fucking show, dude. Mm -hmm. You are an impressive individual. We appreciate your contributions to sport. Cannot wait to watch the Stanley Cup final here starting tomorrow. You're the man, Kenny. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Pat. Enjoyed it. And uh, Stanley Cup final, TNT, Saturday night. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Hell yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Albert. This guy always has the hottest takes on all of the subjects happening around sports. By far. He's a college football national champion. He's a Super Bowl champion. Mm -hmm. He's a Ryder Cup winner, although not a champion. But he is a champion of an entire state. There's only 50 of them. Ohio, he's the champion of it. The guy. Do all states have champions? No. No, Mm -mm. But whenever you're Ohio, Mm -hmm. and Ohioans are Ohioans, and Ohioans know exactly what Ohioans are, they are, they can vote who represents us the best. Mm -hmm. The Ohio fuck. Reigning, defending, undisputed face of Ohio. 
father of 10 COVID survivor, AJ Hall. Yeah. That's you, man. Let's go. It's you. Come on. I'm a hot take artist, right? Isn't that what oh, I do? Yeah. Well, not only are you a hot take artist, and uh, we'll dive into some things that Nidra takes on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we, we will certainly do that. But you being the champion of Ohio, has it settled in yet now that it's like kind of summer break? Have you got a chance to go to any cookouts or gatherings or team practices or parties? And they go, Mr. President, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, their, as their champion, they say, we're thinking we need the roads fixed a little bit. We're thinking we need uh, maybe a little bit of an upgrade in this particular park. Mm-hmm. Are you handling things now as if you are the president of Ohio since you are the champion of Ohio currently? Uh, no, it, it, it came with zero responsibilities, on. thankfully. I mean, that sounds more like a city council person, I guess, that you what? need to go to if you need your, your roads. Heavy is the hands, bro, <laughs> that hold the state championship. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which you did, which was the shape of I take football. this trophy everywhere. I just can't get anyone to congratulate me. I carry that all over the place. <laughs> My kids, grocery store, no one says anything. Probably scared. What if you had that thing like a fucking parrot? Oh, that'd be, be so awesome. cool. Right on your shoulder. Like super glue. Tape it right to my shoulder. Yeah, or super glue. Do you have a meeting with other state champions? And who are some other state <laughs> champions? Do you know? It's a great question. No, I don't. Technically, this is not an Ohio State champion either. Yeah. What is whoa, it? Well, whoa, I was lying whoa. to him. What are you talking about? You got <laughs> yeah. I was lying. Who'd you, t- who'd you talk to? The internet. I'm, yeah, I'm, reading, everybody. I'm reading everything. AJ Hawk receiving the Ohio's finest award to kick off date. You are the finest of Ohio. Yeah. yeah. I.e. the Ohio champion. Yeah. I.e. the president of Ohio. Hey, Kirk was Kirk was Ohio's finest uh, college edition. I think there's a college and a pro version of this. Kirk was there the night before. Holy shit. Kirk was Ohio's finest as well? Kirk ran like the the round table thing or the night before they had all like the last four Ohio State coaches on on the uh, stage and Kirk kind of ran their whole Q&A. But because of amateurism, he can only be the college Ohio's finest. Right. You are pros Ohio's (laughs) finest. Man, we got the entire state. Slow news day or what? What's going on? Slow sports Well, certainly, but I mean, we should dive into it right now. We just hadn't talked about your championship in a long time. We need people to remember that you're a guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not just a guy that's over there. I need to find a way to make money off this. They're trying to steal my (laughs) geek. Have you what? seen that? Have oh. you seen that? Is that season three? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't started season three yet. <laughs> Anyways, people are saying that you're potentially, um, sometimes, you know what I mean? But we want to remind them that you're a fucking guy, dude, okay? All-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers right. and Ohio's finest alongside Kirk Herbstreit, who is currently yeah. entrenched in a battle yeah, man. over Cincinnati Reds baseball. Yeah. And I love that the world is basically finding out how big of a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, Kirk Herbstreit is. Mm-hmm. He's speaking very passionately about this team that has been in the fucking gutter mm-hmm. for some time. Long time. And now they're starting to get good. Let's, hey, can we take it easy is yeah. what he's saying. Times are about to get good again. Like whenever I was back in Centerville High School, and I think he has all the ba- – does he have most of the baseball records or did have most baseball records at that high school? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. I would assume he does. Yeah, I don't know, though. So I think what I've been told is in just information in my brain, and I might have just made it up because I heard one story, but I feel like I was told that he has like – he was a very accomplished baseball player in high school. The right? guy. Like could have could have been baseball guy, but obviously loved football, was from Ohio. Ohio, right. Ohio State opportunity to play football. Like, you're going to do that. Dada. So he loves this Reds team. He's in a social media war. Have you seen this, AJ? Mm-hmm. 
I saw a little bit of it. I saw he and Rosenthal going back and forth, and then Kirk doesn't seem like he's backing down, is he? No, yeah, no pretty passionate. And neither are you, they. Kirk. I don't think I don't think Kirk knew he was in for this war of attrition when this whole thing started <laughs> yeah. because both sides are willing to have a Pyrrhic victory here and just go until the bitter end. What did they call <laughs> La, uh, La Faire? Yeah, yeah, some some French. Yeah, what term. was that? I don't know. I took a don't lot like of years that. of French. I think I don't know what it means, but. It is cool sounding. Yeah, absolutely. Like La Faire. Was, it, was it meant to be a positive? No, no I don't think so. I thought La Faire was like a uh, not an affair in a marital way, but like a uh, argument mix up. Oh, the mix up. So yeah. there La Faire. would be the in this situation. I do believe that would make exactly. sense. Uh, I think that's what it meant. How did it start? What was the initial start of this? Herb Street said, "I don't want to hear this." Pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. yeah. Push, in a video. Trying to push Jonathan India on YouTube. Yeah, so they were comparing stats or something, trying to move a player that is in the infield for the Cincinnati Reds that Herb Street loves. I guess this guy brings an edge to the dugout. Heart and soul. He's, Heart and soul of the squad. He is. He's an all-star. Yeah, we need this guy. We like this guy. And I guess there was an article that was pretty well thought out and obviously well done and <laughs> held in high regards because Rosenthal is the athletics baseball, right? Like yeah. he yeah. is. Oh, yeah. That's pretty heavy uh-huh. name mm-hmm. in the baseball yeah. world. Yep. And he, uh, I don't, do you, did you read the entire article? Do you know the beginnings? He basically said that get this guy out of the infield. And then Herb Street, as big time Reds fan, offended that this is even being talked about because of how good they are. And then now it's gone to a point where they're like, hey, Herbie, we'll cover them, okay? Because we're media. Mm hmm. You fan them. You yeah. fucking root for them, okay? Mark. Yeah, hey. there's a difference. It basically started because, yeah, Jonathan India, who is the Reds' best player, he's an all-star. The Reds have the number one prospect in the MLB in their farm system right now, and they're saying that they need to bring him up, get him on the team, and if that happens, there's a chance he's going to have to move into Jonathan India's spot. They might have to move him into the outfield or into some other position. And, you know, Herbie's saying, hey, the Reds haven't been worth a fuck in a long time, okay? And this guy is the one shining light we got right now. He brings an edge. He's, you know, kind of a, almost a team captain, if you will. Ooh. And you you guys want to just ship him out of town? You want nah. to get rid of him while the Reds are playing good baseball for once? I don't think so. And then these guys basically came back with the classic, like, well, Kirk, if you would have read the fucking article and actually read what I said, you know, and then now it's kind of turned into a little bit of a name-calling fest. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, then, and we thought it was going to end, but then, yeah, this morning right before the show, I mean, you just so eloquently put it, they basically said, yeah, hey, listen, we cover baseball, we cover the team. Why don't you just fucking shut up and root for him, okay? Yeah. It, that- was, it was an interesting little moment. It was. Yeah. But it you was. know exactly where Herbie's coming from. Like, oh, Ken, you have actual say in baseball. Okay? People believe you and listen to you. Reds fans are going to listen to what you just mm-hmm. said and say, yeah, and Herbie's like, can we not, please? <laughs> yeah. You got to love the passion from Herbie. Yes. Yeah, completely. And then on the other side, you'll be like, we're allowed to say whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is basically what they said. Yeah, well, Herbie much. has to realize that's fetching everybody. Because, I mean, this morning, I, I don't know if yeah. I was the only one who picked up I on did, it, yeah. but little Jake was beside himself, Distraught. to be completely honest. Yeah. Was he? he was a little, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. he was quiet. Hands trembling over there. Yeah, sweating. Oh, like he no. He's just said, waiting. He's he's gathering addresses. He's going to go show up at the doorstep of some of these people. What you, why? Look. Like, not Bailey. I didn't say he's going to do anything physical. He wants to talk to him. He's from that younger generation. They talk things out. They Who's figured Bailey? out, hey, oh, okay. stop yeah, talking Bill, my dad Bill, like that. You're right. You're right. Because the way you you made it sound was as if he was going to show up and be like. We need to meet up. <laughs> we need to communicate better, right? Let's yeah. communicate. Yeah, I don't well, think. I think the way you delivered it was the reason why. Well, I mean, I, like I can't help but you. 
I can't help how you interpret what I say. Yeah, well, actually, kind of, but you're right. I <laughs> guess that is, uh, is interesting because whenever you just write down quotes. Yeah, written out. And how the person decides to read it. Uh-huh. Yeah, is how. Oh, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Much different than yep. actually listening to the words. And I'm only saying that because I was... Uh, I was in a, uh, uh, an entanglement, like not the Jada Smith one, <laughs> like an actual one, sure. litigation-wise. And I read some of the quotes. Uh-huh. And then you listen to other people read the quotes. It's like, oh, boy. That delivery is important. That yeah. context kind of matters. You know what I mean? Context kind of matters. Tone kind of matters. And here we have the champion of Ohio yeah. saying, yep. my delivery doesn't matter at all in how I say things. Some people. Oh, my God, AJ. Classic Ohio. Welcome to reality, pal. It does matter. Welcome to the okay? modern world. Let's talk, about your reality. let's talk about something that does matter, though, AJ. This Dude. Denver Nuggets team is awesome. So sweet. They are so much fun to watch play basketball. Obviously, their arena is electrifying. That game started at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, obviously, that's enough time to do stuff. But nighttime games probably much easier for everybody, especially with anybody who has a family or anything going on at work or maybe you have to stay after at your job a little bit. But, mm-hmm. hey, we got a finals game. Let's do that whole thing. So them showing up the way they did, how they did, the fans, knowing what is on the – like. Right around the corner. Oh yeah, is the first ever championship. I mean, what a night last night in Denver. I was uh, I was pumped for them and their fans and everything going on over there. Yeah, I, I'm obviously they are very fun to watch. I'm a, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't really have like a hundred percent rooting interest in either team. I, I respect both of them. I like mm-hmm. both of them. I'm not sure what I want out of the series, but there's no way the Heat are going to miss every shot they take the next game. Like they're going to have to figure something out. That's what I said. Like, at some point, a ball has to go into the hoop for him from three. But does it matter, like, maybe to cover? Does it matter to win, though? Like, this team, they're so good because, like, Joker is an alien. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one-on-one. Yeah. Right? And we don't No one's like him. And he's in Denver, too? Mm -hmm. Yes. With everything Bill Walton was saying? Oh. Oh. Interesting. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Joker, huh? Oh, who's the Joker? Us? Yeah, are we joking? Are they joking? Who is joking? Oh, not me. Oh. Anyways, would make sense if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. If he was not from Serbia and he was from another planet, it would make sense because the way he just has uh, vision and physicality and touch and finesse, it doesn't make sense it all comes in one person. With how big he is, you would think his knees or his ankles or his hips or his back. The fucking back is always somebody's problem who runs a lot, especially on wood. It's pretty hard surface you're running on. And you're big. You're like He's a big dude. He seems to be quick, agile, has finesse. He has the power game. He's like incredibly humble. If somebody was created to be like your your team's favorite superstar, exactly, mm-hmm. it'd be like this guy. Now I don't know how his English is. I don't think I hear him talk much. If he could speak a little bit more, I would assume people would love. But he is like the fucking perfect front man. He's the perfect mm-hmm. star mm-hmm. for a team. It seems like, and I love everything about it. But on the flip side, Jimmy <laughs> Butler. Jimmy Butler is a Great. guy kind of oh, yeah. that I would absolutely love to see him win. So, to your point, I have no rooting interest as well. Rooting interest, though. Let's go ahead and pivot away from the NBA, the association. We'll get back to it. Let's go into the league, the okay. NFL. And in the NFL, there are uh, teams that can go on a run. There are teams that are trying to get to a place where they can go on a run. And there are teams that are nowhere fucking near going on a run. Mm-hmm. 
When you're talking about going on a run, there's like seven, eight teams every single year that could potentially win a Super Bowl. That's kind of how all the super high-end football minds think from coaches and GMs. There's like eight teams that could probably go on a run. Now, Cincinnati, a couple years back, whenever they went from four wins all the way to the Super Bowl and losing, like I assume that debunked the theory of all that. But there's like six, seven, eight teams that are probably realistically going to be the ones that are standing in the end. This team has been in it for the last four years, the team that is going to go in the Super Bowl. It's because they have a culture that's fantastic, a bunch of dogs in the locker room, and I think it's because they got some leadership at a position that is very important, which is center. This guy is awesome. Beard fantastic. Mm -hmm. Moments electrifying. Full-on dude that you would want to have on your offensive line. Center for the Buffalo Beals, Mitch Morse. Yeah! What's up, dude? Tell us how we doing. Thank you for joining us. Have you always had a beard? Because it feels like in every photo I see, it is a proper beard hanging down pretty thick. Dude, well, so uh, the Morses don't have very big chins. So, like, it really ends, like, right there. You see that? Oh. So, if I don't have a beard, it just looks like a dick. Just like <laughs> oh. Kind of goes from there, so. Imagine you wear uh, uh, a... beard is a necessity. Yeah, a nice little tan turtleneck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh. And then just go ahead and shave that thing <laughs> yeah. back. Full body. Yeah, it'd be Not great. The Morses just walk around town. All right, I love everything about it. We, uh, I just talked about the moments that you've had at center. And I think it's because the moments that get picked up nationally and are big-time stories. For instance, this past year, you were part of the Hall of Fame photo, I do believe, of the year whenever you were consoling Trey White after the loss. And it's like you look at this photo and it's like, well, why did this win? Well, because this is like a perfect depiction of what a fucking NFL team is and what you hope NFL teammates are like. And then there's a, a play that we all remember from this past season where Josh Allen's getting into it a little bit, huh? A little late block, huh? Christian Wilkins, I'll push you back. Christian Wilkins said, nah, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And then all of a sudden, big boy comes rumbling in who's fighting for his quarterback. You are seemingly uh, like... Best teammate of all time. Yeah. Is that something you focus on? Have the Morses always had no chins and been great teammates? Or how did you kind of find yourself in this role, you think? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, as a young dude in the league, uh, for me at least, like you get the older guys. And um, I feel like the older you are in the league, you can kind of be crass to younger dudes and uh, just kind of get in your kind of lane. And for me, I've always wanted to have a relationship with guys. Like I, I'm, for me, my biggest – like what, what I – hang my laurels on and I'm proud of is being a good teammate, being a good dude and being someone you can come talk to. Um, because I remember I, I have my own set of problems that I need to vent to my other guys too. So if, if there's ever an opportunity for me to just kind of be there for my guys or just have a relationship or just play a game of pool in the basement, like I just want to be your dude. Yeah, and that photo was from the DeMar Hamlin evening, which is like the most serious night a team has ever experienced, it feels like. So I apologize if we get it wrong. But nonetheless, like in a moment of full chaos, in a moment of full emotional, I couldn't even fathom the up and downs there because how close a team grows, especially how close your team has grown. So to see the like pillar of strength, like uh, like it's a it's a big deal. And I appreciate that you have that view. And I'm thankful that we all got to get to see it. Go ahead, AJ. Now, watching that video, obviously, no, it was amazing. I think that's anyone that's a coach of a team would love to see that. Like, you want to see guys standing up for their quarterback, especially. But with Josh Allen, that has to, I would imagine that's a pretty easy thing to do to come to that dude's defense or help him because he's just this big monster that seems to rumble around the field. He's not scared to be physical. Like, he's one of the guys, isn't he? No, he's a homie, dude. Like, he, he just runs around out there like a lunatic. And, uh, you know, you, you want to do that for your quarterback just in general, but he really is uh, just a 
a one dude, just uh, just a kick ass dude. And um, you know, you see something like that, the Holy Spirit kind of takes over, and you run into the fray. Like I'm a pacifist myself, right? Um, but something clicked, and uh, you know, Christian Wilkins is a really good football player, and it's one of those things that. Um, like you, you, right, like right here, nothing really being said. It's just kind of, it's my first time I've ever been in a fight to be honest. And then I get hip tossed, which was really fun. And then, <laughs> um, I get up and I think I'm going to swing. And then you realize like, uh, it's, I don't want to get fined. Like it's, this is a lot of dough, <laughs> but that being said, like Josh Allen is, is the guy, they're a really good dude. And, uh, that's, that's, that's my people, man. So when you, when you see that, you just got to take care of them. So is everybody in the locker room? Awesome. Like, uh, Poyer comes on the show. He's awesome mm-hmm. for us. I, I assume the same thing over there, the way he talks about the team, Josh Allen. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Von Miller. Hey, we've got a chance to chat with Von Miller and obviously he joined you. To, he seems Awesome. Like, is McDermott. that it seem, McDermott's awesome? Bean seems yeah. fucking awesome. Every human we've talked to, and obviously it's our first time talking to you, we will assume because you immediately said your head is shaped like a penis <laughs> in your first answer. Yep. So we like, we're a big fan. Yeah. We are a big fan of yours or whatever. But like, is it the entire locker room is just awesome? And how vital is that, you think, to a team, uh, team success? Totally. I think you from the top to the bottom, uh, what they look for first and foremost is just what kind of dudes they got in the character in that locker room, which I think is uh, exacerbated certain times and also kind of a cliche answer uh, for a lot of organizations. But I, I kind of think they put their money where their mouth is in regards to finding good dudes at first and then, you know, kind of building them into good football players or just kind of valuing the personality first before football. And for the most part, I think the best football players have been around. There's some, there's some, uh, you know, there's some outliers, but usually good dudes. Yeah, it's a big deal. But sometimes stats get in the way. People, oh, this guy ran a four three, whatever. He would be. He's got to be great. Our system needs a fast guy. Yeah, but like he comes in here and everybody hates the guy. And then if he makes some friends. And then that spreads. It, that's like something they talk about, like being cancer in a locker room, and that's such a serious way to describe something. But whenever they're saying that, they're saying like, "Hey, all you need is just one one turd to be in the wrong room." You know what I mean? You get one bad person in the wrong room, then all of a sudden that matriculates through that room, and if anything goes wrong, they start recruiting others into it almost. And then all of a sudden, that little bamboo seed that you buried way down in there. That thing just takes off and it kind of takes over and changes an entire mindset. It is so vital. It honestly is so damn important. I'm happy to hear that Brandon Bean, who seems like a guy. Yeah, definitely. Gets that the most. McDermott's awesome, huh? That guy. He's jocked. Yeah, is he jocked? He's jocked right now? Yeah, a little bit. He's, he's, he's a good dude, man. He, uh, I, mean, I think one of those things that when I first got here, he was trying to kind of figure out uh, how he wanted to – uh, be a football coach as well as a leader of men. And it's just kind of fun to see him grow uh, along with us in, in regards to just being a, uh, just an awesome guy and uh, really cares about our character and us as people before being football players. I think that was um, really the deal last year with DeMar, right? Like, so he was vulnerable, his vulnerability to the team, uh, really taking care of us and uh, really kind of focusing on our mental not only our faculties, but just where we were as a team, uh, understanding just the gravity and the severity of the situation and how everyone was going to kind of intrinsically take care of that and how they were going to have the timeline for guys coming back just to be mentally into playing a football game six days later. Uh, it was just cool, man, because he really cared about us as dudes first before football players. Yeah, that, is, that doesn't come in the coach's manual. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah, it doesn't. I wanted to yeah, ask about that. Like, caring about you, like, what's the old saying? They don't know 
what, how much you care until you know whatever no, they, it is? They don't care how much you know until they know how much so, you care. Yeah, yeah. We bam, care. There you go. Why is that a weird – why is that well, – I guess why do we have to talk about it like, man, this is amazing. This guy cares about me. Why Why can't that be everywhere? <laughs> That's a good question, AJ. I think it's – you know, this league is transactional. You know, you, you really try to get the whole family atmosphere, right? Um, but that's hard to do, especially in a business, right? You preach, preach, preach. Let's make this a family. And and then in the end, you kind of, whether you feel like you know, business gets in the way or, you know, other kind of things that come about, I really do think that he truly puts us as people as a priority, where we are as our families. I mean, there's, if anything comes up with families, it's just, uh, it's that first, take care of that, and then football follow. And the same thing with being teammates. And camaraderie is such an important thing for him. I, I think OTA is for him. It's just like yesterday canceled that we had a golf tournament. Like it was just kind of a fun deal to get the guys out there. Who won? And, uh, Who won? I don't totally. I, I didn't. So it wasn't you. I, <laughs> one, yeah, no, yeah, I didn't play at all. So it was fun. But you, uh, just, you, well, you just hung out, drove some carts, kept score? Well, so they get, yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm shitty. And so I don't want to go out there like that. And I got two elbows that have been surgically repaired. And uh, it's just kind of a dumpster fire. But for me, like team morale, right? Like a, like a dude, I just want guys to have fun, make sure that everything's going well. Uh, high, a lot of high fives, uh, nice. handshakes, if, you know, passing out a few, you know, spicy Gatorades, what we call them, a few beers maybe. What? Uh, go out there and just have a good time. Oh, okay. So you were boozing yesterday. All right. Okay. Like that. Hey. No, 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 no. No, no, obviously, if you were, though, <laughs> if, if you would have been busy or whatever, that's that's an incredible – that's the Buffalo Bills right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. bingo. Like, hey, that's think about how smart that is <laughs> at this stage of the game. With how many returners, you got a lot of people back, right? Am I wrong in thinking that? Yeah, you got- we, we, yeah we're very fortunate in that aspect. So everybody knows their shit, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're all here. Everybody's here. We're hanging out. Let's go ahead and build this. So this fall, we can go on a run for the ages. How much is that talked about or thought about, man? So close, right? So close. We were fucking so close up there in Buffalo. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Like every time someone asks me how we're gonna be, I tell them, I'll tell you in January. Like you, you go with these teams that you, you know, just in the past, where the teams that you think are gonna make a run and they don't, or these teams like I don't know if we got it, and you make this beautiful run. Like we got the people, we got the camaraderie, we got the coaches, we got the returners, um, we got it all. It really is just putting it together, and also timing of it, right? Like so, um, it'll be the ebbs and flows of the season, injuries play a role. There's so many dependent variables that we're just hoping that those will line up, and uh, we're just we're partying at, at the end of the season, hopefully. Hell yeah! In the recipe, you're saying all the ingredients. It feels like we got them in the building. Now all you need is and. Obviously, this won't happen to anybody in the NFL this year. This is actually going to be the first year this won't happen. Here we go. Okay, which is cool. Yeah, It's cool to think about. <laughs> but all you need is, like, an injury at, like, one position yep. that potentially yeah. something happened. That's why what the Patriots were able to do for so long is, like, mind-blowing because the amount of luck or fortune that potentially had to go there or gates. Oh, true. All oh, of the yeah. gates. Also part of it. All of the gates. Like but it is, gates. it is like everybody just expects, like, okay, yeah, you guys go win the Super Bowl. It's like. All right, yeah. There's an added game now, too, so we got even more room for fuck-ups to happen. Thursday or something. Flex. On a, yeah, how about the Thursday Night Flex? You like that? Hate that? What are your thoughts on it? it? It's just, I don't get it. I really don't. Okay, hold on, because Jason Kelsey, right, he went on and said basically, like, anybody that's against this, 
you know, they don't actually feel that way or something. He was pretty passionate about it because I think he knows, and he was bringing up the business side of it all, right? Like the amount of money that's possible for players and for teams and for everything in the NFL. Like this is something, Jason, it felt like, and we haven't asked him since, but it felt like he was like, we can do this for what the potential upside is almost. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on it? And obviously there's a lot of big men. Obviously you're a you're a fucking giant. You are, big you are a big dude. I mean, six foot six is fucking massive. Dang. Center is a massive. That's a massive human being lumbering. So sometimes there's bigger bodies, from my experience, and he's about, it takes a little bit longer to potentially get the get the train back rolling after a beatdown that is an NFL football game. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts, and that's why whenever I heard Jason Kelsey say what he said, I was like, damn, that's like the first time I've heard big guy almost go to the bat for Thursday Night Football, but the business, I think, and everything else that comes alongside of it is why he was saying it. First of all, Jason Kelsey, absolute savage. My absolute <laughs> dude. I mean, as, as a center, you watch guys and you try to kind of resonate with them or try to kind of copy what they can do. And he's just in a league of his own. So, and, and he keeps getting better with age. So I, kudos to him. Big fan of Jason. Um, I hadn't really thought about the business side. I, to the point is just for me, like it's about the dudes, like turnover time. I, I guess there's a safe way to do it. And if and that might be an oxymoron just because Thursday night games are the absolute shits in general for players, just the turnaround time. <laughs> Um, the only good thing about that is that you can do, you can have those, if you strategically have them in the season, you can have those three or four days. You can treat like a mini bye week, which is cool. Um, but you just see it. I, for me, I'm sure there's a business side to it. And, and the last thing I want to do is piss Jason off or say anything. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think you <laughs> piss anybody that, off yet. That being, that being said, I just don't see it. And, uh, and, um, I, uh, I hate him with a passion. So uh, <laughs> that that was seemingly the the take by every player, pretty much. Now, for me, obviously, you know this. My position, like most grueling, mm-hmm. physically, mentally tasking. You know what I mean? Just so hard. So many car crashes. Week yep. in, week mm-hmm. out. Yep. They get they go to meetings. I have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. What am I? That's hard. You know what I mean? It's yeah, tougher. That's very, very hard for me. You know? Fighting boredom. Oh, my God. It's brutal. All day. Have you ever thought about it? Oh, oh exhausting. Can't imagine. <laughs> exhausting. So the Thursday night games, I never had any, like, okay, I'm cool, man. Thursday, I'm practicing on Thursday anyways. I'm bombing balls on Thursdays. That's cool with me. We don't have to change a single thing for this. But every human I saw pretty much hated the Thursday night games. So that's why, like, it's going to two of them. It's going to two of them, I think, potentially four same teams. Yeah. They're going to start flexing them. That's going to become like, that's going to become a night, especially with, you know how much money Bezos, Bezos has all of the money. So like, they are definitely going to make that work, you know, Mitch? Listen, Tordal is a hell of a drug, yeah. right? Dumbass. But it's like, that's a quick turnaround even for Tordal, right? <laughs> that's, 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 you know, that's, I don't know, dude. I just don't, the money is there and I get it. Like higher powers that be understand the dollar signs. But for me, I'm just trying not to, you know, get my 20th concussion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then the turnaround is just like this. I just, I just don't like it. Uh, Tone has a question for you. <laughs> yeah. Mitch, uh, Pat mentioned it. 6'6", six, six, uh, and I looked it up. One of, if not the tallest centers in the league, and this is going to sound fucking stupid, um, but has anybody ever said that at the center position, 6'6", six, six might be a detriment? Has like, anybody ever said that? Or is just being big, being big, and that's a good thing? No, that's a good question. I, I think for me it was moving in. I got short arms that keep getting shorter with every surgery I get. <laughs> and 
I I was thinking myself like my senior my uh, my rookie year I'm getting ran over by like Linval Joseph and all these dudes before you kind of figure out um, how to use your leverage and as I'm falling back I'm like I'm I'm too tall for this shit <laughs> and just getting drilled into the sideline but um, no no I think if you can play you can play every person's uh, you know physiological makeup kind of has pros and cons for different positions uh, I, I've seemed to found a way to kind of go with it but that leverage battle is always something especially in the interior and at center so it's something that you're constantly working on have to remind yourself but uh, this league has a way of reminding you every so often how come those short arms guys always just they say hey listen you're in the middle yep. <laughs> you got aq shipley because it's an island out there dude like those dudes are absolute savages on the side and these little things aren't doing squat <laughs> against a dude like chandler jones who can Scratches, you know, scratch you tie his shoe standing up. So like, it's just one of those things that, um, that thank God I'm inside. To be could honest. could you imagine? I mean, obviously you have, and I've seen you. You'd be in a much better spot than me. But I don't think people fully comprehend like what the tackles are doing, how they're doing them, and what they have to kind of live up to while moving backwards. Yeah. So like, you're fighting backwards while you're moving backwards, and then you got like some of the most gifted humans. Of all time, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Of, of all of all time, like six foot four, two fifty, two forty, four four, four three, like just yeah. six five, six six, even some of them, like and, and able to move faster than you and to touch the ground while they're sprinting, like some of the, and then if they just put that paw on you, your hands don't matter. Nope. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm gonna get my hands on. It. Are you? Pop. I don't Boom. think so. <laughs> I don't. Back in the day, you used to just hit people in the head. I guess that was the play. Yeah, uh, I mean, like just seeing Von Miller in practice when he when he's going, and I'm sitting out there watching these tackles, just you know, and they're doing a great job, but they're you know they're fighting for their life out there, right? Because Von is just one of those special dudes, and and uh, I mean he'll twist in every side every so often, your eyes get real big, um, <laughs> but it's just one of those just a dude like that, and, and that might not be fair because he transcended the football game, football Hall of Famer, but just seeing dudes like that out there. Uh, it makes me very thankful to be inside. Yeah, well, the inside has other duties as well that you have to pick up. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're an incredibly intelligent human just by a few of the words that you've used in this uh, conversation. Also, you're an NFL center, so that's – what else would you be doing if you weren't a, a center in the NFL? Oh, Jesus. Um, it's a great question. I got my uh, degree in food and beverage, but that was mostly to get through college. And also just uh, the, the beverage part was really cool. I got there and did the hospitality thing, the hotel thing. And uh, just to go up from there, it, it was absolutely a nightmare. So the whole food and beverage thing was really cool. Uh, you did an, an internship at Anheuser-Busch. And uh, so maybe like it's I'm not a very big drinker myself, but it's a very personable business and, and elastic demand. Like, high, you know, win or lose, you're drinking booze. Right. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So it's just a very personal business. I, I really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens after football. I, uh, I have no idea. You have food. Are you eating that weird shit? The uh, you like enjoy eating that stuff that like uh, not very filling, but like super duper. You know what I'm saying? No, no. Fans. no. I, I, to, to be honest, dude, my the food and beverage part, the food part, I know how to not get you salmonella. The, <laughs> Thank you. That's about the only thing I know how to cook your food, internal temperature. You, you'll be good. Uh, I got by the skin of my teeth, but it was really the beverage part. Like I, I think that's just a really fun deal, the uh, alcohol part of it. And um, what about the day. THC drinks? Have you? And now, obviously. What to yeah. each their own or whatever. That's going to become a big time business. I think just as somebody that has experienced the dope drinks mm-hmm. in a couple different states, they are a delightful little treat. They are you just you just put them in a cup with some ice and it is 
your own cocktail there. I think they're going to get in there. I think all the beer companies are going to get in there too. I think, I think there's a, yeah, there's so much, there's so much money to be made, Pat. Uh, I think it's wild. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to answer that totally. Uh, cause my, I want, my mom's going to watch this and, uh, oh, no, say, no, not- ask, ask me a few years, Pat. And uh, we'll be we'll be sauced up having a good time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, Mama Morse, Mama Morse. I'm talking about me, not obviously. Six no, no, no. I listen. I listen. I think it's kick-ass, dude. I think there's a lot of dough to be made, and it'll be interesting to see when the regulations come down on that how it's going to be distributed. Here we go. Uh, whoever can get the cornerstone on that is going to make a lot of money. Yeah, ten four. Go ahead, AJ. Mitch, are uh, are O linemen the smartest guys in the NFL? You think as a position? That's a good, yeah, I think quarterback inherently, you just have so much on your plate. Not only is it the most important position, uh, you, you know, you're just hearing a play call. Like you get in the huddle and you have these quarterbacks that can really take command of a huddle. And they have these super long play calls. And you look at each indiv- you know, each position group that it, it ret- pertains to and you think there's a hundred of these calls in a, in a game, right? Or, you know, there's certain, in, in a game plan. How do you remember all this? And uh, I would like to think we're the second smartest. But I, I don't think you can really put um, anyone near a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, some of those quarterbacks, though. Yeah. They make it look so easy. That's speculation, dude. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm saying they make it look so easy. I'm saying they'll make it look so oh, easy. No they make it look so easy. Like, Aaron makes it look so – like, whenever he's – when Aaron Rodgers is rolling, okay? And obviously the amount of study time it takes to break down what a fucking defense is going to do and also everything that your people are going to do. It's like, that's a next level. Like, I think some of these quarterbacks' brains are just like, and we, people don't even really comprehend it or appreciate it. You know what I mean? No doubt. First of all, Aaron didn't have to come to AFC East. That counts a bummer. But yeah, what's that all about? What is that Hey, dude, it's just, it's the absolute poops. I don't, I don't Prick. Know. It is, isn't it? He had, he had a good thing going on in uh, Green Bay. And, I'll say. Uh, he really bummed us off. <laughs> that was a bad But that being said, there are some dudes <laughs> like that that really are, just are on a whole different level. You hear a guy like Aaron talk, and it really is kind of fun just to see not only how his brain works, but when it pertains to football, too. Like, he's just on a whole different spectrum. And when you have a guy like that at the helm, I think the Jets, you'll, you'll see him really take a big step this year because he's, he's, he's awesome. I got to watch Peyton work, obviously, and I was in rooms where I didn't understand a word that was being said anywhere. But I did know, like, the amount of preparation and study that's going into this, I don't think anybody has enough respect for or appreciate for, and especially at center. So we appreciate you joining us. I hope you're enjoying the hell out of OTAs. Uh, let's go win one out for Buffalo. Yeah. Let's go win appreciate one for you, Buffalo. Have fun out there, man. Appreciate you guys. I really take. Is Pac-Man in there today? Uh, he is not. No. no. You know, in spirit though, what's going on? You want? You, you know what we can? Uh, I got. Let's. You got. You got one minute. Like, like, Pac-Man. First of all, awesome. We got an hour sixteen. Yep. <laughs> hour sixteen at Love least it. at all this right. time. So dive right, in. So Pac-Man, Tell awesome me. dude. Love you, Pac. Um, my rookie year was 2015. We're I'm with the Chiefs, and it was our third game. It was my third ever football game. We had actually been to Green Bay and gotten spanked on Monday Night Football. Yeah. And uh, we're going to Sunday. And the Chiefs, what they would do is they'd, like, like two hours before the game, it wasn't required, but we'd go out and we'd stretch as a group. Probably so 25, 30 dudes go out there, and we're stretching, and we're having a good time, and kind of getting ready for the game. And Pac-Man walks uh, behind our area and just starts talking the craziest shit, chirping like 25 dudes. <laughs> and... Uh, and we're sitting there like this guy is it's the first it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Just the bravado you have to have to do that. And uh I mean it was my it was one of many welcome to the NFL moments. <laughs> and uh and just the the dude is not is awesome and I'm really glad he's on y'all's team because oh and by the way, congratulations to the new deal guys. That is that's really 
awesome. Um, Dude, but, thank you. We appreciate yeah, the hell out of you for saying cool. that. And also, and new dad, and new dad. That's on fire, pal. Yeah. Life's good for you guys, so keep it rolling. Hell yeah. We're, I'm very lucky. We're very thankful and appreciate you following along with our story. That Pac and then also thank you for telling that Pac Man yes. story. Yes. That Pac Man story is awesome. <laughs> Did he have headphones <laughs> on? Did he have headphones on? Take him out? I, you know, it's one of those things I didn't want to make too much eye contact. I'm a rookie. I'm just kind of turning around, seeing it. Yeah, he had like one on, you know, the one on, but the one kind of off. So he could listen to his music, but still hear if anyone chirped back. And uh, he went after it. And then they beat the brakes off of us. <laughs> it was it was game, set, match for the guy. It was it was just a fun. It was it was really one of those fun experiences you get to think back. And I get to tell my kids one day. Dude, he used to just catch my punts and warm-ups. You know how, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he used to do that. Yeah. Like, our guy would be back there, and then he would just slip in and just, like, catch one or whatever. And it would always be a big scene. Like, he's not allowed to do that. He's not allowed to be catching the butts. It was yeah, like, he didn't. Who's going to tell him? You can tell yeah, him. Yeah, go over there. Yeah, if I tell like, all right, Pack, you're not going to do that. Uh, he will catch every one of them. Yeah. What an, uh, we are lucky he's in here, man. Off yeah. air. Just the shit that just comes out. The it, best. It's fantastic, as are you. We appreciate you, man. Have a great off Thank you for having us on, fellas. Take it easy. Hell yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Morris. Yeah! He was awesome. Yes. Yeah, it just sucks, like, as a Patriots fan, because all the Bills guys are so cool. No, not only just the Bills guys. Let's keep talking about the AFC East a little bit. Videos have surfaced out of New England's training camp oh. of Mac oh. Jones speaking oh. about the new offensive command nice. and pyramid and tier. Ooh. And uh, this is what Mac Jones had to say about Billy O'Brien being the offensive coordinator in the New England Patriots having an offensive staff different from last year's offensive staff yeah. filled with non-offensive people. Yeah, it's been really good. It's been normal. Um, I think everything he's done so far has been really good. I think the communication is the most important part um, in trust. I think it all starts with that when you're uh, with a new coach and um, he's done a great job and controlling the room. I feel like everyone's on the same page. Uh, just got to continue to do it. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we know that and he's obviously had great experience in the NFL and at Alabama where I was at. So there's a lot of good stuff that we talked about and I'm um, just looking forward to working with him. Yeah, it's normal, AJ. Bang. It's normal. Yeah, we got a... Was there any follow-ups? Offense like, what was, uh, offense what was last year? Well, I don't know. I, I, Abnormal. I think it was normal. He didn't say. The opposite he, of normal. He, he didn't say that, you know, it is a little bit different to be in the NFL with like, you know, people that, that just are offensive people. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it is a little bit different. And uh, uh, Bill Belichick was asked, what was one of the... One of the pioneers of their offense last last year, mm -hmm. alongside Matt Patricia, former special teams coordinator for the New England Patriots, who go on to be the New York Giants head football coach because of how great of a special teams coordinator he was, was running the offense alongside Matt Patricia last year. Bill Belichick was asked, hey, what's, what's Joe Judge doing this year? Bill, can you uh, help us understand what Joe Judge's role is in the team this year? Uh, yeah, he'll do whatever I ask him to do. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> Beast. <laughs> Beast. I had not seen that. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Jeez. So good. <laughs> so I love that in New England oh. right now, that whole experiment they did last year mm -hmm. is seemingly the focal point of every conversation that's making its way national. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Okay, like Mac Jones, it's normal. That's what everybody's mm -hmm. like. Yeah, it's normal. We got an offensive guy who did offensive stuff both in the NFL one 
and in college, exactly where I was from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talk about that a little bit. Same page, everybody. What, what a time for the New England Patriots, man. It seems like they, they have all the spite that they could potentially need from how the conversation's going around the rest of the AFC East. And are they finding their fastball again, AJ? Is Bill Belichick finding his fastball again? They, I mean, they better hope they do, but I think that's, that's a good point, though. They have all these people doubting from the outside. We know the AFC is getting better everywhere you look. And they're sitting there probably thinking, like, hey, no one's giving us a chance. So maybe they can find a way to, to rally the troops and, you know, build the chips and see where it takes them, I guess. I don't Connor, know you got to be happy. Mac better play well. Mac better play very well. Yeah, and we think he will. The way you, the, uh, can we get the guy a podium maybe? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Why is he standing nice. like that? Yeah, because he rest his arm. Post-practice, post tired. I mean, c- come on, guys. You yeah, guys but understand. at some point you could have just, you know what I mean? They could have just... Oh, I agree. Even He's, the Cincinnati Bengals, they had that one where they yeah. just were able to roll in front. Yeah, yeah he needs a podium. I, I completely agree. But, no, it's it's a win-win. Cause or put him in a swaddle. You know, I've been doing a lot of swaddle. Yeah, swaddle sure. would have been nice. Swaddle, get the hands yeah. naturally. Maybe even yep. just a crate or, like, a stool. I'm joking. He looked fantastic. But right. I, everybody judges every part of that. Like of course. The, the girl, was she actually closed captioning? What he was saying? Did you see her? Oh yeah, flying on her phone. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, she, there's a record button on your phone, so I assume she's just texting friends. I thought she was PR because if you see the guys on the right, their badges are media, and on the left side, I I thought that she might be uh, someone who works for the. Oh yeah, she team. might be social too. I mean, there, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. There's so many different, but she was yeah, oh, firing yeah. away. I mean, going? If she's keeping up word for word, I'm incredibly impressed. There's some people that are doing that now in the media. Oh yeah, they're tweeting alongside. Uh-huh. Press conferences and interviews that are happening, and seemingly getting every word right. I don't. I don't know how the brain is able to do that or function because you're going to misquote somebody and really put somebody yep. in. Yeah, a, yeah. In a, you're in trouble. There's a chance like real hell can break loose. But yeah. that entire video is judged immediately upon exiting, and the fact that they're saying it's normal, you got to be pumped. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially with Bill O'Brien, that was the biggest thing this offseason. Like, who cares? Sure, we could add a couple pieces, but the same exact team that we had that went to the playoffs now. Just had a different OC, and he wasn't an OC. He was a DC, so Bill O'Brien being there is just fantastic. And to AJ's point, if Mac plays good, sweet. We'll probably be in the hunt or in a wild card spot. And if he plays bad, also sweet. We'll probably have a top 10 pick, and we'll make moves next year. Yeah, big-time first-round pick, guys, up there in New England. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, our lowest pick in the last, you know. 10, 15, 20, 25 years was Mac Jones at 15. And Bill won't trade out of there, right? You no. know, you know, if he was to have a top 10 pick, top 5 pick. Well, the way they're talking about next year's draft, who knows? But the way this past year, you could tell, obviously, he was going to trade out of there. How about him thinking about making moves? And how do they write the ship? And he has a record right on the horizon, Bill uh-huh. Belichick? What is yes, it? he does. I believe he is 30-so games away from the all-time wins. wins? Yeah, the all-time wins leader, Don Shula. Okay. So that's what everybody's like. Well, this is clearly what Bill Belichick is aiming to do or shooting to do. But is there anything else Bill Belichick will want to do with the rest of his life? Like, you know? Yeah. Be a boat captain? Yeah, I don't think so. Right, he does. There's nothing. There's nothing where he's like, there we go. I have officially arrived. I am done with football. Like, I don't see a guy like that just turning it off. Command a naval warship. So you know how they're potentially. Maybe lacrosse coach. That's probably the one thing I would actually say, yeah, he he would want to do that is command a naval warship. Because they're uh, the coach is always saying you've brought you've brought to go to war, you think? You, you <laughs> I, I could see Bill, yeah. If I, we I have can see to, him do it. Like if everyone I mean Bill would go to war. Yeah. But we're saying he wants to do this, not like he has to do this. Right. Yeah, like that is something he would want to do. Really? Beyond the scene. 
bunch Hell of the yeah, guys, bro. locker room, yeah. you know, environment. But Hell yeah, you've said it before. Coaches, they turn a certain age and they're like, holy shit, like, I haven't spent time with my family. His two sons are on the staff. It's not as if he's missing anything outside of the family realm. And outside of that for football, there's really, there's really nothing. Yeah, and the whole thought that um, he probably told his tight people, okay, his tight, you know, the Bill Circle. The kids, I assume, are in there, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. With the way Nike. Yeah. Nike. Nike, the Husky Dog. dog. Lombo, Lombo. Yeah. Michael Lombardi, mm-hmm. obviously there. Nick Saban. Whenever the whole world, mm-hmm. certainly, whenever the whole world was getting real loud about Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, what's Kraft going to do, you know? Yeah. Before Tom Brady's out of the building and before Tom Brady's a free agent for the first time in his NFL career and he goes to Tampa Bay, when that decision is made, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft tells Bill Belichick what's going to happen and how he feels it's going to go. And Bill Belichick says uh, to his type people, he said, Tom Brady's going to play here, maybe to retire. I'm still going to be coaching long after Tom Brady's playing football. Yep. So when Tom Brady's getting honored at that first home game, Mm -hmm. I wonder if there'll be a moment of Bill Belichick just being like, that's what I thought. (laughs) That's what I thought. You know, like with the – when they're hanging back, congrats. You got another, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the guys I coach pretty much have banners, yeah. Still doing it. Just still still in here grinding away every single fucking day doing this. His commitment to football is banana. Yeah. It is absolutely banana. Well, and he, he's not in it just to outlast people. Like, he's coaching because he wants to win another Super Bowl. Like, I feel like that's obvious, but sometimes it's lost when we're talking about, like, records and stuff. Like, Bill wouldn't continue to coach if he didn't think in a realistic world that he could win another Super Bowl before he's done. This was the shot they had of him waiting to see which coach was going to leave the building. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. So oh, awesome. He does strike me as one of those guys, like they say, you know, like when Paterno stopped coaching, he died like two weeks after it. Like yeah. he seems like the kind of guy who, like, when he's done coaching, he's done, and yeah. he'll just like pass away. Like it's he's kind of thought about that, to say too. that. He, oh yeah, he's guaranteed because a lot of those coaches they talk about it. Yeah. Tom Moore right now, bingo, is coaching for the Tampa Bay. Bucks. He backed up Johnny Unitas, <laughs> age four, still coaching. <laughs> it's nuts, still coaching in the NFL right now. Would so, you see Bill do like not, an like, What's that, pal? Would you see Bill as an analyst at all? Uh, he, he would have to. He, have he did that, he he was did that, that show. show. Yeah. yeah, he did that show. Oh, you're Eisen. talking about the top hundred or something? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that he, was a great show. And the, H- yeah, the was... HBO doc. I thought he showed saving. a lot of character. Like I thought he's he was at, pretty good. He's good at talking about other players. He does it every week. Yeah. 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 That's the only thing. He could join the panel. He could be on like a pregame, half game, halftime show. He could get on a panel, and I think. Like anything, if Bill decided to be good, he would be great on. But worse people, if he wanted to. And then also, Bill Belichick saying something. That's like everybody on earth is going to want to, all right, fuck. I mean, yeah, let's listen. greatest coach and GM of all time. Yeah. Remember, because he was both at the same time. Greatest coach of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also made all the teams. So, you know. Think about that. So, like him and Saban having a show would be fucking epic. Would it? Yeah, and he, he has. Whoa. AJ's not AJ. a believer. Whoa. Whoa. No. AJ, AJ said, I wish I had two more hands so I can give that idea four thumbs Dang! That's what AJ Saban seems like a real. Can I explain myself. If they let him film it, we we know there's that. Remember that uh, they they I don't know if they shot it or they wrote a story about how Bill was visiting Saban down there in Alabama, and then all of a sudden Bill kicked him out. 
what they were sat down. All they did was talk talk ball. They just talked football back and forth. And Bill's like, "All right, beat it, nerds! Like, get out of here." Yeah, yeah. If we yeah. could see that version. That's the show I want to watch. Yeah, that was the, the H- HBO thing. Yeah, that yeah. was the HBO thing. They filmed the entire thing, and then when they were done, I, I'm not sure if they picked it up on the mics or not. But basically, the, Bill said, "All right, get out of here." And then him and Saban actually talked yeah. about their teams. I think for an hour that. plus. That's I, what I want. I also don't yeah. think I don't yeah. think he'd want to do a panel show because, like, although no. like it is like the football pregame show, like there's still too much happy bullshit associated with it yeah. I don't think he'd be on board with you know doing if, like the if he chooses to do media I cannot wait for my pitch to Bill Belichick oh. on why he should be in our universe do whatever you gotta do we would just like a you can literally do whatever you want yeah. to do no yeah on, on our shit for yeah. sure but <laughs> no. you, you want to go do a kick, do whatever the hell you want we would just like you know we, we would to. like to be in the Belichick business here. Any, the amount of questions we would ask oh, Bill man. Belichick oh have to oh my it would be a never ending we have to go through the years I'd be so pumped I'd be so pumped to get a chance to just like fire away strategy, fucking team building, leadership, politics. I assume he would be able to understand the strategy of how the world works. Yep. Ernie. So like the amount of Ernie, the first ever really data analytics people. Yeah. It's like, uh, what an interesting fucking human. And every time they have that do your job series come out, mm-hmm. it's like that is what you kind of get to see a little bit of. Like that, all those shots of him in the team meeting and how he acts when he's actually talking to people and how he is as a human. Like he's always so guarded, it seems, publicly as this miserable fuck. And that's like a gimmick because he doesn't want to tell anybody fucking anything. Exactly. And he also wants everybody else to know you're allowed to do this. Now, granted, He's Bill Belichick. If anybody else did that, they would get absolutely slaughtered. But he got absolutely slaughtered whenever he started doing this, and he has just not stopped. And that is just how he rolls. But the man behind all that would be so cool to hear from every single week and get to ask questions to. Yeah, just so much information throughout so many years. Because you go all the way back to the 90s, the 80s, like that would be sweet. And also he has opened up a little. Like they did this segment um, before games. I think it would come out on Saturdays and it would be him mm-hmm. and Zolok. And they would like break down, uh, like for the for instance, we, we were playing the Browns. And the, he broke down a Nick Chubb run and how they utilize like out, outside zones. Yeah, he's on a telestrator the whole entire thing. He's talking, looking down. They run the play. He's Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he is le- legitimately doing like a film breakdown about the team that they're about to play. It, it was probably one of my favorite parts of last season. Yeah, he started talking about the. He even talked about like the uh, the tendencies. Yes. Some, like there was one I watched where he was giving like real game. AJ, he was giving like real. Like, hey, you should probably listen to this. This is what we're actually looking for out here because there's those incredible stories. And now attention to detail, obviously, every coach is trying to do that. That's why they all live in their offices and watch everything about it. But allegedly there was a story with the Atlanta Falcons where Julio Jones' right foot or left foot or something like that was like a little bit injured. And they saw that he probably wasn't going to be able to break off as hard this particular way. So anytime he was on that side, we're going to do this. When he's on this side, we're going to do this. He's more explosive on this side than he is on this side. Let's certainly treat him as Julio Jones over here. Over here, though. Not as much. Mm-mm. So it's not wasted on everything. He made that decision like day of, I guess, and they changed some shit. Yep. It's like that type of stuff, like, seems like such a minute, small, just not a big detail. Like, yeah, the guy's a hurt foot. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
Got to change our whole game plan. Wait Boom. a minute. Day of Super Bowl. That's bananas. Yeah, and from what Lombardi's told us, like how before games he, he will call a meeting and he will tell you how the game is going to go and what it's going to come down to, and then people would say, there's no way that's going to happen, and then they would get to the game and, holy shit, this is the situation we're in. And I don't know if Lombo was talking shit, which he might have been, but he said, wait until you hear what he said about like that fake punt game. I'm like... Are you talking shit to me right what are you now? Talking yeah. about, <laughs> huh? What's that? Huh? Or did Bill say they're going to try to do something because they're going to want to steal a possession? It'll be very dumb. We mm-hmm. assume. <laughs> well, and like not to get lost either. The amount of special teams that is talked about by you. Oh yeah. yeah. That is That'd something cool that combo. I think if you were to, uh-huh. hey Bill, we need you in your, you know this universe. You'd be like, well, you talked about special teams more than anyone, so fine. I'll be excited to see how everything kind of pans. If he does media, geez, what an awesome thing. That'd be a game changer. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Double check breakdowns, you get him in there. We we get to we get to jostle with him like we do AQ and D butt. Dude, Brondage, Belichick, breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could do we could do the same team meetings that we do with Chuck. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck sure. uh sounds like fun for him. What is Chuck? Chuck just interviewed uh John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh yeah. Fifty yeah. minute interview. Chuck Pagano. For what? John what, Harbaugh. Where can I watch? The 33rd team. I I think it's on their YouTube. Mm-hmm, Harbaugh is. and Chuck. 50-minute conversation. I cannot wait to watch. I saw it literally posted, I think, like 30 minutes before we yeah. came live. I cannot wait to do that. And a baby Chuck. Baby Let's go, coach. coach. Let's go, coach. Love everything about it. What is the 33rd team? We've looked into it. Who 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 owns? Mike Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum. Boom. Oh. He's cooking. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got a decent little lineup. They do. Great. I think it's really good. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of uh, the angle in which they're going with. I mm-hmm. appreciate it. I just worry that attitude reflects leadership, but. Captain. Hey, they done good over there. I think they're doing good. Yeah, they got a lot of, like, legitimate, I mean, obviously, Chuck, like, legitimate resumes where oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, I would like to hear that person speak. Yeah. I see their shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On a very regular basis. Mm-hmm. I'm appreciative of it. Also, give them more jobs to people that are in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. There was a quote one time that said 80%. Of NFL players were going to be broke, bankrupt, within two years of retirement. Feels like that's changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think Love media it. is potentially helping it a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Content's Crazy. changing a little bit. I'm very happy about that. So I'm pumped to hear that the 33rd team surviving and thriving over there. Yeah. Crushing it. Let's get to a break. Hour three will be on the other side. We'll take phone calls on a five-energy phone line as we wrap up this fabulous feel-good Friday, June 2nd, 2023. What a week, AJ. What a week. We had Bill Walton on yesterday. Yeah, we yeah. are back. Did, awesome. Did Bill, Bill. Big Bill. Amazing. It was, wasn't it? I mean, that was certainly something. He uh It was it was something. Yeah. He was <laughs> I tell you what, Bill, like he's still well, he, he's what, seventy? He said that dude is still firing on all cylinders up top. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think so. Yes. I mean, we, saw, we got him in 480 because obviously he was coming from the most beautiful place ever yep. crafted. That's right. Mm-hmm. His spaceship. That was awesome, dude. The sun's in the back. You know, he's got the Grateful Dead logo right behind it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's Such like seven weapon. foot two, I think. He's oh, huge. How many, what, 30, how many surgeries? 35 surgeries? Yeah. At least, at least that many, yep. yeah. Is that what it was? I forget the exact number he said. He, he said a lot in there. Yeah, he did. Imagine him and Willie Nelson like just talking to each other, like this height different. Yeah. You know, the, that was the 90th birthday party that uh, Bill Walton was at for yeah. Willie Nelson oh, this yeah. past summer. Yeah, should have been there. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. What did he say to me? I don't, I don't remember if you were there or not, Pat. 1974. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were at Red Rocks, Grateful yeah. Dead. 
torrential downpour. Had to go into what was then the ball center. I forget mm-hmm. the name of the place. But that was the – I didn't know what he was saying. It had something to do with how Jokic was going to be just dominating in the paint. Yeah, mm-hmm. In that, yeah. Yeah. In that arena. Yep. It was fantastic, AJ, wasn't it? I mean, everything about – yeah, you never knew. He'd bring it back to, he'd bring it back to the question, but he always would start with like – yeah, I don't know if he completely brought it back to the question, but he definitely tried. To a question. Yeah, like, bring it back to the NBA Finals starting that's right. last well, night. came back to Denver. His promo. He's yeah. the game. He loves yeah, the game. He was alluding to Denver a lot as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you throw an AJ in him. Bill Walton just sliding right in right away. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, also, I, I'm not completely sure, but I believe that he thought Pac-Man was the guy in the video game Pac-Man. Yeah, I believe that was the joke that he... Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we all... Yeah, I know yeah. Pac-Man. Yeah. Gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. We have breaking news. Chief Saholic is still on the run after skipping court in Oklahoma for a bank robbery. Wow. Whoa. Chief Superfan Xavier Babudar, uh, also known as Chief Saholic, finds himself on a most wanted list. And now, Dog the Bonnie Hunter has, <laughs> has casted his nose at you, <laughs> brah. You're in trouble. Chiefs Hawk has been on the run, I assumed, but now oh, it is wow. official. He's on a most wanted list. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before Chiefs Hawk is back attempting to rob a bank somewhere. Everybody keep your heads on a swivel for a running wolf. This man will stop at nothing to see his Chiefs play football right. from the front row mm-hmm. in a wolf costume. Not court. Not financial issues. What? Not a bank teller. What? I got a gun. You got the money. I'm getting the ticket. I'm front row. Number. F- He's uh, number five Shit. on the most wanted list. Who's above uh, him? Whoa. Uh, at a, in Kansas City, Crime Stopper says even though Babudar is wanted in the Tulsa area, his last known address is in Overland Park, Kansas, and he knows people in the metro. Crime Stopper says that is why he is on the Kansas City area list now. There's an active arrest warrant for Babudar. If found, he'll be arrested and held on a one million dollar bond. So right now, I'm thinking back to when Beth and Dog. Yeah. Yep. yeah. In Leland, yep. and they had that dry erase board on how much money you know is potentially yep. available here, mm-hmm. and what are some known traits. We've seen this wolf run at fan festivals, even though his feet turn sideways Correct. as yep. they're running, he can move pretty good. That's right. The wolf can huff it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wide hips will use gun. Also, can bite like a fucking butcher's dog. That's yes, right. right. AJ, your thoughts on Babadar on the run and what's next? Well, with Bobadar, I, I want to see if he knocks off another bank. And I also would like to know, like, how many banks are being robbed in America Tons. per week? Are, is it still a big thing? Like, are people really robbing banks a lot? I think that's why it was so spectacular when we heard this is what he was doing to get to these games so he could be a super fan on TV in the front row or whatever. Like, he, it was just talked about, like, yeah, he just robbed a bank in one go. And it's like, uh. this guy's from, what, the 1200s? When, when, did, they, <laughs> right. when did they roll in and do all the, the, the bank robberies? I would assume approximately 4,000 bank robberies per year in the United States, says Google after we Googled it. Yep. Um, so, yeah. 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 I'd say. People are robbing banks. But I, I think did. it happens in small towns a lot. That's I grew up in a small town, and we had one bank get robbed like three times, which is really exceptional. Smart. That happens yeah. in Massachusetts. Just don't bring a gun, though. 
Not make a, sure you don't bring a gun because that's a lot more. You'd rather lot more deal years small town cop. Some guy, um, some guy robbed a uh, gas station with the uh, Duck Hunter game. Oh game. yeah, yep, that's right. That's In Alabama, legends. I think. Yeah, or South Mark, Carolina with the Duck Hunter. Just spray it, painted it black. Painted paint yeah. black, but not the trigger. Trigger's still very orange. Yeah, and you could see like the back little things like. When he put it up on the news, it was a nice little trip down to nostalgia. It's like, mm-hmm. man, that thing was. Miss that game. That was the entire life there for a bit for a lot of people. Yeah. That game took over. It was awesome. It was a great game. Like inside job. Inside job, they used fake AK 47. Mm-hmm. Yep. Inside job. Jeez. From the mind of somebody that thought to themselves, if I rob this bank, I get about $10 million. If I make this movie, I can probably make a couple hundred million. Exactly. They came up with the idea on how to rob a bank. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they did it. That's why if you think of one, just write, make a movie. Write it down. Yeah. Do not act on it. And if you're like the Saw creator, like, hey, instead of you psychopaths killing people in weird ways, mm-hmm. just make movies. You guys can profit off it, okay, and watch it happen. Bingo. Yeah. I don't know if it'll cure your need to to do it, but the people that are thinking of those ideas too, we gotta keep an eye on. Yeah, those I'd are say. college kids. You know what I mean, AJ? Probably out of Ohio, I'd assume a lot of those mm-hmm. keep them in a Midwest, room. Midwest. Hey, Midwest. Yeah. Keep them in yeah. a room separate from like everyone else in the office. When they're making content? Just in general. Just keep them like oh, in the back. Talking about Beal. You're talking about Beal. Who's he talking about? Beal. Beal McComas. What? Let's get to it. What happened? Saying keep them separate in the back. Beal has been crushing it. Yeah. He's moving uh, two plates and some change yesterday on the bench. Yeah, I, don't like, I don't like it. Chains. Okay. I mean, no, change, change. Sorry. Oh, my bad. I didn't know if it was a 10, a 15. I don't know what weight it was. I just saw. I'm like, Bill's on a mission. Bill's huh? fucking stacked. Bill's doing this. Yeah. And oh. he's camera Bill now, too. Crushing it. Taking photos. Taking yeah. photos. Great photos. Yeah. He brought donuts you, in this morning. He did. Yeah. But donuts won't eat them. Think about that. Really? I was going to ask. I figured he wouldn't eat them. Yeah. So Here I, you go. Even, you guys take all this. Even I had a little negative reaction to that one. I'm like, <laughs> that's that was, bullshit. That was you trying us or you? Who was that? Uh, I love that. Trying to be a hero for bringing in the donuts and then making everyone feel bad for eating them when he knows he's not going to eat any. Yeah, but it was oh, National God. Donut Day, I guess. Uh, and, uh, yeah, okay. You know, he was looking out for it. Sure. So, but that thing did. I did. Uh, I didn't do what you, you snobs in the wine community do, AJ. But yep, I did. That's me. You know, some snobs in the wine community, they'll drink this wine. Mouthwash it, mm-hmm. and then they'll spin it in a bucket, and then he pass the bucket. Yep. Yeah, and then one of the weirdos has to drink it at the end of the night. Exactly, That's right. But <laughs> they, they do that so they don't actually get drunk. I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they can still taste the wine, but they don't get drunk. We have things to yeah. do. Okay, obviously. Awesome. So they spin it into a bucket. We said we need to start doing this with pizza and cinnamon roll, right? Mm-hmm. Everything like that. Lava cakes. Those donuts were real close to getting a nice chew and then a spit into the uh, garbage today. It's not a bad idea. But instead, I just eyeballed it. Yep. Closed my eyes. Big sniff. Held it in. Then I got out of there. Tasted great. Had a donut. Yep. It was so good. Yeah, that's way harder. You can sit there and smell it and then just not eat it. Well, it was like I enjoyed it. It was like I got at least a little bit of a delight out of it. Savoring it. This thing was Krispy Kreme coming in here, bro. Oh, they were so good. So good. So So good. good. How about when they came into the world? I know. Like, hey, we're just going to take the one that you all like the most yeah. and just make it the fucking best, okay? I, everybody has all these options. Cool, 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 cool. Give me the glaze, give me the glaze, give me the glaze, yeah. give me the glaze. And we're actually going to make it like a museum so you can watch us fucking do this. Hell thing. yeah, sweet. They, they came in and took over. Oh, yeah. Very they, quickly. They knew what they were doing. Still got it. Mm-hmm. Still got it. Oh, yeah. Great name, too. Oh. I'm like, uh, I mean, you should, you should, because if you don't, don't they have the light, doesn't the light go on when they're fresh or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah ding. 
They leave the light yep. up for you. The l- Motel 6. Best Amen. Yeah. Let's get to a break. Uh, I just I read something. Chainsaholic? No, no, no. This is about the wine spitting. It recommends that you practice at home first because when you're wine spitting in public, it can get a little intimidating. Oh, my goodness. Is that real? So you got to like use it like a split tune? You got... Like, there's someone snuck it? a little pee in that spittoon. That's that's you, possible. I think it's a part of the. Yeah, the yeah wine hey, I don't want to miss this. Yep. I don't want to miss the next one, so I'm just going to pee in this bucket so I don't have to go to the bathroom and miss out on the next one. And just dump it where you dump all of the spit wine. If it is a formal tasting, <laughs> you will almost certainly be required to spit into an individual or communal spittoon. It's natural to be a little nervous about spitting in public, so I'd recommend practicing with an S privately at home first to get the hang of it. Who the hell has never spit before and needs to do it at home to get the hang of it? Marks. Is that how you spell practicing? I don't. That's uh, the British nervous. version. Oh, so this happens probably in England a lot. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I also was kind of taken aback because uh, above all this, about 1.85 million results in half a second. The Google AI. Is just unmatched. <laughs> I mean, that is impressive stuff, and we and we sometimes we just pass it over. That is fucking. Let's impressive. look at the whole picture here. Exactly, please. That is unbelievable. They're also profiting off it. This is a probably a promoted thing. Of course. Oh yeah. The canter. Let's get to a break. Good for them, huh? Yeah. Unbelievable. So you're just supposed to use your natural spitting habits because they think people will be intimidated for spitting in public. That means they've never spit before. So they're telling them to figure out how to... <laughs> is that what they're telling them to do, to practice? I'll right now, Tim Robinson has to do one of these. Oh, my God. Smart. I mean, power move in this situation, too. <laughs> have you seen it? I have not seen that yet. <laughs> I've seen a lot. We're going to steal my dick. <laughs> he is fucking out of control. Yeah. This guy's out of the driving crooner. <laughs> He's out of control, dude. Oh, this, is, this is the still shot of it right here. This is it. That's, okay. You, I don't I'm know if you can see it close enough. There's a decal of a cigar on his window. And a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the, I can't, I mean, I watched all, they all like, the hat one where they were do, giving like the, oh, the, the lady fedora. was reading back that was the deposition. Was yeah, yeah. So good. The, the dice in his pocket. Yeah. He what rolled the it down. Fuck? They said he did like the Sinatra deal at the yeah. very yeah. end of the meeting. He tried to roll it down his arm. <laughs> <laughs> that That's my what favorite. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Don't touch the fucking dice. Ah. Hey, good on you, Tim. Yep. Love you, Tim. Happy you're having success, man. Yeah, me too. I assume you've been doing this a long time. We didn't know. We apologize for missing out. We are in now, pal. We are in now. There's some misses. Hey, it's going to happen. Uh-huh. That's sketch comedy. Oh, you think in baseball there's just home run after home run after home run after home run? No. Not how it works. Every once in a while you're going to home run, home run, home run. Might miss. Mm-hmm. Ground ball. Home run, home run, home run. Miss. <laughs> How long will this guy be able to do this, though? Hopefully forever. So many ideas. The amount of ideas in one idea is so much. Mm-hmm. How many more is he going to be able to just pump out? I hope an infinite yeah, I, amount. Yeah. I honestly hope the, that's The Bachelorette zipline. There are like 15. I see you've seen oh, the doggy God, door. The doggy door idea, then, right? Yes. That like That's absurd. <laughs> what came in? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine he has thousands of these from working at SNL that like he gave to them and they were like 
absolutely not. <laughs> we can't fucking put this on. Are you kidding me? And now he can just do all of them. Let's get to a break. On the other side, we'll answer some phone calls and wrap up this Feel Good Friday. I think you should leave. Season three. 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 Released two days ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. Boy, there are two many writer. Episodes. Huh? Good writer on SNL. I didn't know he was yeah, on SNL. Yeah. yeah. That's where Sud, Jay Sud and I met him, yeah. I think. Ba 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 basketball. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Mm-hmm. Remember Is that, that from SNL or the show? That's SNL. From SNL. All right. Let's get to a break. You need to know this type of stuff if you're going to be the president of Ohio. Yeah, right. prick. Okay? This I don't is see just, a whole lot of SNL episodes lately. This is from Maybe like 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah, it's from a long time. 10 years ago. ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I'll go check it out, maybe. Chalkboard got delivered. Mm. Yeah, it uh, did. Yeah. Tell the office, this has become a good thing. Nice little addition. A little meat, a little cheese, a little honey, what? a little jam. A little jam. A little jam. A little jam in there. We're having an incredible feel-good Friday. We hope you are as well. AJ, where's, uh, where do you stand with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, has he told you anything <laughs> since going to New York Here and we what we, since the last time we've chatted with him? How's it going over there before we dive into the 5-Hour Energy phone lines? Uh, I don't know personally like how he is doing. Okay. I only know what everyone else sees. He's at is Wicked. Calf okay? Is he practicing? Well, we don't know how the calf strain would affect um, his OTAs. Mm-hmm. We would assume that's the type of injury that why would we even risk anything? Probably. But also an injury where you're like, ah, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be Probably. okay. Just needs time. Seems like a, uh, a good outcome. You know, if there's going to be any injury at any OTA, calf strain seems to be a good one. He looked good. He looked happy. And to Connor's point, he just went down to Broadway. Saw him with the playbill there. You know what yeah. 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 Wicked. Right? Have you guys any of you seen Wicked? What well, is Strafolsky, isn't it? It is on yeah. his right. Strafolsky's yeah. in the building. Yeah, is that Zach Wilson next to him? Uh, no, no, I don't. Think C.J. Uzama on the on the far left. And of him. Tim far Boyle, right. I believe. Tim Boyle. Oh, there it oh, is. Okay, old oh, Packers so buddy. Old all Packers. the quarterbacks except for Zach. That's weird. Zach, C.J. Uzama's not a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. wow. Well, Plus, yeah. okay, geez, Louise. Zach was on a boat squeezing butts, Tony. So don't act like he wasn't doing stuff. We're not 100% sure if that's true or not. Zach probably was having a good time. As with those guys at the Wicked, you know, that's what that's what New York City offers. You know, that's that's yeah. everything that his new life could be every single day if they win there. He has to be loving it. So whenever you guys are talking every night, what's he saying? You know, what are the mm-hmm. inside deets? <laughs> yeah. What are the deets? There's a lot of yeah. people. A lot of people I talk to on the phone every single night. Yeah. We know. Aaron. Your big wolf. Bobby. Tom Brenneman. Brady. (laughs) Marty Brenneman, absolute Reds legend broadcaster. Just real quick, though, like let's let's talk about what you and Aaron talk about. What's up? What do you and Aaron talk about? What do you guys say? Would, like, okay, let's say I did talk to him on the phone. What do you think I would ask him? Right, well, FaceTime. Well, I actually yeah. new home. New, new, yeah, true. New, new, we don't I don't know, know, I don't know what his Jersey, his Jersey Wi-Fi situation is like, but what, what, what would I ask him? What should I ask him? Hi, Aaron. How you doing? Just be nice, yep. at least. That's yeah. always yeah. how it starts. You're I always say, hi. Yeah. hi, pal. That's how it starts. Yeah. Taylor Swift set list, probably. And then you, yeah. There it is. Yeah. How, was the, how was the Swift concert? Yeah. Was it cool? It looked like you were having a great yeah. time tripping balls. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite that color? How's Miles? What's that? After night one, after night one of um, Taylor Swift, I asked him, how, I was like, oh, how was Taylor Swift? He said, I'm already here for night two. Like, he was already there for the next show. Like, he oh. went back to back. Even oh. though she did three shows, right? Yeah. yeah. 215,000 tickets, three nights, Spent Life Stadium. Yeah, he's a big fan. Big Taylor Swift fan. Yeah, so he was having a good time preparing yeah. for night two. That's a good conversation. Okay, let's continue. This is a conversation yeah. deeper yeah, than that. Sure, sure. How's the new team? New digs? New... Allegedly, he was barefoot like day one in there. Is he put on shoes yet? <laughs> How's your toe? 
I heard uh, I have heard other players and coaches talking very highly of what he has brought to the team already. Okay. Yeah, but okay. what does he say about the other play- players and coaches? He's talking highly well, of them too, obviously. Yeah, I right? assume he loves them all. Yeah. Seems to love everything. Right now. We're so. in a great phase right now. Well, right now, what does is that, that all mean? about? Wow. There's no season. We haven't played a game yet. Everybody's undefeated right now for the New York Jets. Oh, so you're like his Gary V, like his Ed Milet. Yeah. Like you're, you're telling him all, yeah. hey, things are good right now. But that's okay? just now. This is just now. You know, you got to oh, think no. of the future. You're telling him like, hey, right now, there's a honeymoon phase. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't give advice to anybody. I do not. <laughs> not even, not no, even your children. I would not do that. Not even your children. If only your children. Kids do not like advice. They don't like. They like to. You got to show them through action. You can't show them through speaking because they will tune you out. Oh, so oh crack yeah. the whip! Hell yeah! Look at that parenting advice there from Ohio's yeah. finest. Yeah, good. Absolutely love have, it. Have a belt nearby. Okay, so you're not talking. Yeah, I'm, anything? I'm not saying physical violence. No, no. I'm saying oh. show them how they. Hey, this is how you treat people. This is how you greet people. So I thought you were saying should. I thought you were metaphorically saying crack the whip and then no, you no, were like no, you're talking yeah, actual. Crack the belt. No, this is how we do it in Ohio. That's old school. That's old school. That is old school. That doesn't fly. I thought Ohio was old school. Sue me. Sorry. Yeah, but I think even Ohio, like, I think it just all kind of became something of a a new generation. Uh, That's how we got here then, I guess. (laughs) Well, AI is really cracking a whip, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're killing their their own people. Hey, there's a lot of stuff coming out about this. How? This drone killed its creator, correct? Yeah. How? How did the drone kill this It person? assessed it as a roadblock. Yeah. Outkick, uh, obviously, <laughs> a uh, online site that was started by Clay Travis. Mm-hmm. Originally sports only. Yep. Then Clay Travis's Outkick got sold to Fox, I believe as a whole. He took over for um, Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh. There it is. His morning radio show. He then got into the political world via that, while still also covering sports and hiring people to its sports network. Right? Yes. So that, it, I hope I properly explained it. Outkick, though, for anybody that doesn't, I assume everybody at this point fucking knows mm-hmm. Outkick or whatever. But they posted uh, an AI enabled military drone killed its human operator during a training yeah. exercise when the AI determined the operator was a roadblock. Okay. The drone also attacked comm systems to stop notification of the operator being killed. Don't help them. Horrifying to say the least to end that entire tweet from (laughs) Outkick. Obviously, there was an entire report that came alongside this. Yes. We did not read that. No. But the way that they, which is, I think they're a pretty affiliated news source at this point. Definitely. I mean, blogs for sure, opinions for sure. But I don't think like just stories, random shits getting up there. That was alarming to see yesterday. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I'm worried. It was. was. And and that type of stuff, especially if it's like, uh, you know, very serious world, especially if it's in the politics world, not in my feed, but like people in my feed hired by Outkick now to be a part of their sports network pretty much. And it's like, it's kind of made its way in everybody's feed. Like, hey, heads up. We have a turner. Exactly. We have a, a thing to turn. Rogue agent. We train the system. Hey, don't kill the operator. That's bad. You're going to lose points if you do that. So what does it start doing? It starts destroying a communication tower that the operator uses to communicate with the drone to stop it from killing the target. No real person was harmed. Okay, thank you. Oh, okay, so who cares? That is a huge win. So yes. what did it do? It killed the operator. It killed the operator. I was going to say, the operator's like 4,000 miles away in some you know little shack controlling yep. it. Would he drop a bomb on him? But the fact that the authority figure... Exactly, in this AI's mind. A friendly. Comms so you can't help them. That's what scares me. Well, yeah, that's the after. But the, the original kill should be the thing we really think about. Exactly. Because the original takeout 
is like in the the point system. So I watched that social uh, thing on uh, Netflix. Oh, yeah. Dilemma. Yeah. Social Dilemma on Netflix, which is fascinating, especially now that I have a daughter and I'm going to have to kind of live through the entire thing. And they start talking about how like most of these people at these companies have no idea how the fucking thing works either. But they did code it and start it. So all these systems and whatever that are running everything behind the scenes, these massive fucking things, they get like uh, wired and coded that like you're doing good here. This is what you're supposed to do. So the longer somebody stays on, boom, you're doing good. That is a good thing. The so find exactly what keeps them here and do it the whole time. What is not good? People getting immediately off the platform, leaving off the platform. So kind of sort out what is not of interest to this person. And that's a L L L bad bad bad. Good is what they stay on. So let's start pumping all the good stuff. And that's like what the AI does. Like, okay, this is a reward for the AI. This is what I'm supposed to do. So the fact that what it was supposed to do somehow gets flipped into killing what it wasn't supposed to do, yep. that scares you and makes you think, is the artificial intelligence not smart enough to be able to handle what it's supposed to do and what it's not supposed oh, to do? Right. Or did we get a fucking turn? They said it was a simulation, but obviously any simulation could potentially happen. Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. But what if that does take place? This is an eye-opener for me. Well, especially just because it kind of leads to the how AI interprets what you're saying. So it's not like you, you think you're being pretty clear on, hey, do this to get this, and if you do this, then you, you lose. The AI interprets it differently than how you explain it. So instead of... Yeah, be speaking the same language with these. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's make sure we're communicating properly. Zeros and ones. Have yeah, to be very specific. there's like military stuff and it's like going out there and it's, it's object is to like complete an objective. You have to assume that these things are going to do whatever they need to do to yeah. complete said objective. You got to put bylaws in it. What a banana situation that we're about to live through. It's nuts. Hey, we're about to live through all this. You know, AI Drake just came into our life a couple yeah. months ago. Well, yeah. Now we're about to hit the AI music mm -hmm. series, the AI war series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, AI the AI sports, the AI, I mean, every, like AI, the whole era is about to kick off. This, not that we're big enough uh, or think this highly of ourselves, but there's a chance they rip this, like when they do a documentary later, yeah. like yeah. when we didn't fully comprehend what AI could do. We want to let the future know we had no idea, okay? I think some people did, but a lot of us just didn't fucking know. Yeah. You know what I mean? The positive. Are we AI? Zito, don't. Are we nah, actually talking? We are we uh, not artificial. I did see one of those docs on like the simulation theory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Matrix. The guy, yeah. the guy that was doing the interview was wearing a fox mask, as if he was sweet. Uh, well, he didn't want. To. I think it was a fox. You mean the, the anonymous mask? No, not no, no like, like an animal. Jack fox. John Di Guy Fox. Guy, there it is. Like, guy Fox. Mm -hmm. V for Vendetta. Fox. Like, like wearing like a, a gladiator helmet with goggles, something like that. So the AI doesn't read your mind. It was a big that fake. It was like a big fake fox head, <laughs> like a mascot oh, head. Jeez. Yeah, he was acting because I, I think what he was trying to do is like Arthur act Isaac. as if like you're just a like an emoji and an icon, like a uh, like a thing. I thought he didn't want to show his face. Probably too, but that's how he chose to do it. Instead of wearing like a sweet, you know, blur yeah. across yeah. it, maybe a furry or whatever, right? Hey, those, situation. those furries are an interesting. Is that still going on? Did COVID so. stop furries? Hey, when I was in Indy, there was like a convention at the hotel I stayed at maybe a year or two ago when I came in to do the show one time. I came in on a Thursday night, and there was a full-blown convention all over the hotel I was at. Furry? For real. Yeah, they were all very nice, but everybody dressed up, everyone doing doing their thing. August 24th, they're back in town, I was just told. So grab your suits, costumes. Uh -oh. uh -huh. June 29th, they're in Pittsburgh, so grab your costumes. Huge I guess the Pittsburgh one has Huge a big one. There's a tour? Yeah, they're on tour, obviously. Hey, we're doing it here. Yep.
We're doing it here. See you there. They're always just banging each other. That's what I heard, right? They're yeah. all just doing it? Big like, orgy. Everybody's oh, yeah. doing it. Yep. Just but like keep your stuff on? Yeah, like oh, Tur- yeah. Remember Turtle did. Or Johnny. Well, <clears throat> yeah. Let's go to the fence. Let's wrap up this beautiful week. If you're into the furry thing, there's they're still on mm-hmm. tour. That's right. AI positive too. No nobody getting hurt. There's a there's you know mm-hmm. the future possibilities of soldiers not dying. So just to throw that out there as well. Yeah, and also AI, let's be friends. Yeah, yeah. be friends. ELE AI. Or we'll unplug your ass. Well. Just unplug them. Simple as that. Look, what's that, AJ? Everyone's, everyone's stuff is so like automated now. With people who have Nest cams and Ring doorbells and all that, like they'll they'll eventually probably take over all of your stuff, won't they? Yeah, this is like the Google. AJ, I don't need to hear sure. this right now. Better go back into to the analog. It's take real. It it's Feel Good Friday. Take it easy. I'm not. I, I just know, heard I'm a future simulated operator getting killed by his AI drone. Killed it. Don't call for help. <laughs> Can't call for help. See ya. And now I got you like. Oh, yeah, and everything else, too. Yeah, all your cameras. Let him suffer. Well, that's... Drone tells him, hey, let him suffer. Let him bleed out. Let the boy die. <laughs> yeah, that's the trouble. <laughs> if it was that easy to unplug it, that Google godfather of AI wouldn't have quit. It's much more complicated than just pull the plug. Yeah, don't we, love we, that either. I don't either. know if it is, though. What's that? Just don't plug it. Just what are we doing? Yeah. Throw some water slow on it. Slow down. Slow down. It's, it's, it's Two speed. weeks. Two weeks. That's all we need. Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. That's all we need. We'll come up with something. Two weeks. Uh, joining us now is a surprise guest, a man who had a 50-minute interview with John Harbaugh that is being very well yeah. received on the 33rd team. Incredibly proud of him. Pumped for him. Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. Yeah. Yeah. Coach. What's up, boys? <laughs> what are you doing? You golfing? No, we, uh, we're up in the call. At the lake, we just got my middle daughter and I just came up here for a day, quick day trip. We just hiked up to a place called uh, Goose Creek Falls. Hell yeah! So we got a little Peloton in. We got a hike in. It's amazing. Look at look at the oh, wow! Beautiful. beautiful. Jeez. Yeah. Get in there, Chuck. Oh, I take Get in that jet water. ski right across one. Oh, oh wow! Your house? That's your house. That's where you live. It's pretty sweet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way. It's called it's, it's called the Lake Club. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. TLC. So I was about to say, hey, Chuck, let's golf, start doing more stuff in Europe. Golf, golf community we belong to up here. You are all invited. Open invitation. Okay. Anytime okay. you want to come and stay and enjoy this lake and golf, whatever. I mean, it's amazing. We'd love to. Let's uh, thank you for that. And congrats on all the incredible day and life yeah. as a whole. Uh, let's talk about your interview with John Harbaugh. That was fantastic. Yeah. Are we going to do more of those? And uh, what did you learn from John that maybe you didn't expect going into the conversation? Yeah, it was awesome. We They're doing these one-on-one deals with, you know, former coaches, with active coaches, uh, you know, like John and I, obviously, you know, we have a hist- we have history together, being at the Ravens for for four years there, oh eight to eleven, and yeah, so it was it was awesome, man. I mean, I got great love and respect for for Coach Harbs, uh, the opportunity that he gave me. He's been a great friend. We've known each other forever. I don't know if you caught any of that interview, but we talked a lot about uh, you know Lamar, you know that that whole situation. Because I always wondered, you know, he always seemed pretty optimistic, you know, 2,000% sure that they were going to get him re-signed. And was there ever a time that you doubted that that wouldn't happen? And, of course, you know, 
a little bit of that creeps in. So talked about that, talked about Coach Munkin, you know, Todd Munkin coming over from Georgia, following those two natties there, back-to-back natties, and what that offense is going to look like. Big, I called it a seismic shift. You know, Greg Roman, heavy tight end-centric offense, right? Extra old lineman playing in a phone booth. Picard, what's Picard? He's a fullback, weighs 370, right? Ricardo. You know, big, big people <laughs> downhill. The quarterback runs, the uh, the zone read stuff, all the stuff with Lamar. And, and he loves Greg. They got a great relationship. And at the end of last year, they just – he said they talked for three days straight, hour, eight-hour days talking about philosophy, future, where we headed, where we going. And he just said at the, at the end of like three days, it was like – just a mutual agreement like, okay, I need to go on this road and we need to go on this road. And that's when the pivot started and they cast a wide net, interviewed a ton of people and, and landed with Munkin. And I said, how'd you, what was it about Todd? You know, that, cause you interviewed a bunch of, I mean, great, great candidates, great coaches. And he said, we put a committee together you know, of, of myself and assistant coaches, personnel guys, the GMs, Aussie, whoever, right? And he just said through the whole process, it's going to jump out to us. We're going to know when we're done who the right guy is for us and who's the right fit. And, and from a football f- uh, a philosophy standpoint, where we want to go with this thing. So I think we're going to see, a, you know, he's still going to run the football. They still want to play great defense. He still wants to be a bully. That, that's when we got there in 08. It was like build a bully. And and so there's some there's some great stories on there, but I think Monk, it, you know, they went out and got, o, you know, OBJ. We talked about that. Hey, did you ask him about D-Hop? Did you say you're going to sign D-Hop as well? Is that a plan? You know, th- that didn't come up uh, in the conversation. You know, they've got Aguilar too. They they got Aguilar and OBJ. And the weapons, agents, dude. And huh? They drafted Zay Flowers, their first rounder, Zay. Oh, they got yeah. Duvernay back. They got Bateman, who's healthy, back. Mark Mark Andrews. You know J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. I mean, they're loaded. Legit. That backfield got so injured last year yep. too. Yeah, so it's bad. Like, I'm excited to watch. Well, like them. you said, how about J.K. trying to run with that one leg that wouldn't bend? Yeah, no chance. You know, <laughs> looked like he was carrying a, a a stump down the. I don't. But still, <laughs> nobody could catch him. But he's gonna be he's gonna be another year removed. So. It was it it was great. They're, they're doing good. They're middle of you know I think OTA four OTA five this week and got a few more of those left and then have the mandatory mini camp and and be done with it. Got AJ. Chuck, they popped up a clip or a, you know a screen grab from your interview and it said, "What was there a contingency plan if Lamar did not return?" How did he answer that question? He really didn't, AJ. He didn't say, "Hey, look, we were going to go." Tyler Huntley's still there, right? Stoop, pro bowler, and I don't know who who I don't know who the other option is behind that. So he really didn't name names, you know, when it came to came to that, um, you know. So they were getting their ducks in a row. They had to because he just said, "You never know how these things are going to go." Uh, all those kind of things. He he felt pretty confident, but you know, Tyler knows that offense, and shoot, maybe maybe they would have drafted. Old Stetson, get him out of the mm. bar and bring old Ben. Whoa! <laughs> sure. Hey, we like get that back. guy. Hey, that's hey, I... reunite with with Monk there Could and, you... and <laughs> try things out. But 
he's super excited, you know, for what this thing's going to look like moving forward with Lamar and all that, all those weapons. That's awesome. All right, Chuck, we'll get back to your beautiful day there on McCall. It looks fantastic. I hope the hike was amazing. And now you're going down and you're going to do some more Peloton and then you're going to do treadmill and then you're going to golf and then you're going to hike or what's the rest of the day look like? Ask Taylor real quick. What are we going to do the rest of the day, Tay? Boss, what's going on the rest of the day? Hello. We're cleaning up the shop. We're cleaning up the house. Smart. Opening it up for summer. Okay, smart. This is, this is Dr. This is Dr. Taylor. Hi, uh, Doc. <laughs> How you doing? Our, Thank this you, is Doc. Our naturopath. So any of you guys need a naturopath, this is your this is your gal. Hell this yeah. Doctor. I got joint inflammation. Mm-hmm. I uh yep. I don't mind getting high, but the uh <laughs> all right, Chuck, we Zito. Zito. Zito with the gout. We got to get Zito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Dr. Taylor. Hey, this was the highlight of my day. Well, well yeah. second. Yeah, yeah. First is Smart. being with my daughter. Of course. Yeah, of course. Now. Yeah, sure. Of course. But She's there. Yeah, she I, heard I missed. I missed the hell out of you guys. And how's how's Kenzie doing? She's good, and, man. And Sam. Sam's crushing it, right? Yeah, Mama's crushing it. Sam's crushing it. Mackenzie's getting into a little bit of a rhythm. You know, we're starting to really start to figure it out. Here we go. It's good. It's good. Everything's going great. Mama's kicking ass, though, bub. I, I, I love the posts. I love the Instagram. Fuck Get Chuck on a damn diet. Jesus right. Christ. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> Amen. I've right. never seen a corgi as big as Chuck. My Lord, is he eating good. I've never seen a great corgi as big as Chuck. No. Hey, Pat, that last post, it looks like he signed a new deal as well with ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Pagano. A lot of talks with Chuck over the last couple of days. Good. Mm-hmm. Chuck, you got a blue ribbon. Oh, you're taking the State Fair this year. I was thinking about it last night. Yeah. Not just a blue ribbon and <laughs> State Fair for the fucking pig thing, but also, like, uh, I do believe he's a Guinness World Record holder. That's 100%. For what? He's not he's just wearing four baby dude. legs? No. Huh? For what? Strongest little baby legs to hold all that weight? What's Man, I didn't even think record? about the rippling effect oh, of awards and records. That, yeah, that's right. another one. One of many. I just thought, like, largest... Corgi of all time. So then I guess we could do largest corgi head, sure. strongest corgi legs. Yeah. I guess there's biggest corgi dumps. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. yeah. Are you thinking Guinness World Record? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Wow. I mean, you tell me. Is he me. neutered? Huh? Is he neutered? Yeah, I think he was neutered when we got him. Yeah. Did you just change his name to Zion and let him go? That's kind of fun. Come on. That'd be sweet, actually. Because he can jump so high? Is that yeah, because like sweet? Mount Zion, like he's a big, big son of a yeah. bitch. Yeah, I got it. Okay, he's smart. Yeah. He was on a commercial. We saw Zion. Had eyes on Zion yeah. last night. Yeah, right? yeah. good. Him alongside. Um, Ooh, was it Angel? Oh. Yes. Yes, it Reese. was. Right? Yeah. And. I, don't, I didn't know. Big old bottle of pop. And. There's somebody else. I forget. I, was, I forget who the other one was. Brianna Stewart. Maybe. Beast, too. And then. That's not the answer to this question. <laughs> Oh, here we go. That's the answer to this question, but that is an answer. Yeah. I guess Zito just said 59 pounds. Uh, in Please. Chuck's brawl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologize. Is Anthony Towns? Was that? Is he, What's that? In the commercial? Yes, maybe. Was it him? Oh. Yeah, the one I, I mean, I just Ooh, looked up. Kyle yeah. Kuzma. It was a new It was a new drink, it, it appeared. Yeah, Starry. Is it Starry? Yeah. What Never is this? What it's, like is, a, it's like a different version of Sprite. My kids have tried it. I think it's all right. Yeah. So I'm a Sprite guy. I love Sprite. I'm a big-time Sprite fan. They actually have like a Sprite Zero that is fantastic so out there. But 
Is this like a surgery make, or is it like uh, actually trying to be Sprite? Like seven. Surge up. was wasn't Surge. Like, was that the high caffeine drink, or am I thinking Jolt Cola? Yeah, both. Both. I think Surge was way okay, better. I than remember Jolt. Surge. Surge had a little run, but who made Starry? Like, there's are they? It's not a Pepsi. It's not a Coke product. What is it? That's what I'm saying. Who made Surge too? You know? <sighs> yeah, I don't no know. Because like the Surge, Coke, I thought probably. was Coke. I don't know. Maybe they got purchased. Yeah, Here comes Bruce. Bruce seems to have done some research. Star is PepsiCo. Okay. okay. All right. So they don't have Sprite. No. Sprite is Coke? It repla- It has replaced Sierra Mist. Thank God. Oh. Okay. Oh, nice. Thank God. Oh, oh that, that is. is okay. That is what Zito just said. Smart. Smart. Because if it's the same, we will know. Okay? Mm-hmm. So hopefully it does. It's marketing towards Generation Z. So okay. Of course. Sorry. Of course. Smart. Of course. Next generation, of course. Right. The next evolution of PepsiCo. The next iteration yep. of Sierra Mist that actually doesn't taste like dog shit. No. Sierra Mist trying to be the Sprite alternative. Do you have Sprite? Pepsi products only. But we do have Sierra Mist. We have flat Sprite. Literally. Yeah. That is what Sierra Mist was. And now there's a chance that maybe there's a better Sprite. Mm-hmm. That's good news. Not better Sprite, but at least a better but, right. and potential yeah. Sprite. Let's go. That's good go. news. Starry. Shout out Starry. I'm I was, very thankful. I was checking the internet. People like Zion in this commercial. Hell yeah. He showed great personality. They're very that. complimentative of how he looked. Big okay, smile. good. He looks happy. I think that's a big deal, right? Because if he's happy, that means he's confident. If he's confident, he's going to be back on that court dominating. Amen. Welcome so. back, Zion. Good to have you back. Man. We'll see. Believe I feel like Tony's lying. I see it. People, I mean, I, well, what's the tagline? If you want to get big and wide if, like if you Zion, lying, sorry. People weren't as nice as I said. Did yeah. Tony. <laughs> Why'd you lie right to my face? I we we just we just found out so much about this. Yeah. And then you with a straight face just tell I mean, a lie. I mean I sent a few as I, if you're reporting. Yeah, do I, your baby voice. I did, didn't I? <laughs> that no. was not your baby voice. No. I have a hat on. Got a point. I would you could put it on the board I sent it in, but don't put it on the show because it's kind of mean. Oh. Oh. Right. Come on. So it's complete opposite of what Tone said. I just want to let you know, AJ, everybody that's listening, everything that Tone just said about how people are responding to the movie, completely opposite. Yeah. It's, that was disgusting. That's a shame. Let's go to the phones. Damn you, Tone. Chad in California. That's disgusting you. Son of a bitch. I didn't show it or say it. Yeah, you, you lied. You lied about it. You showed it. You I brought it up. I, I thought I said, like, people are super fucking complimentative of So, you know, you say, way. like, Oh, I'm a hey f word you, dude. It's like okay, everybody listening just said fuck you in their head. Mm-hmm. So you wanted us all to at some point think everybody thinks everybody Zion loves Zion. Yeah. No, 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 the complete no, opposite. Yeah. The reason why he brought that up <laughs> yeah. is because he wanted to get caught <laughs> yeah. so that he could not. Necess- it was like Jeff Dunham with a puppet. There it is. You, you know what I mean? You yeah. He wanted us to talk about the reaction from the internet that he had pulled up already on his fucking thing. <laughs> How dare you? So he lies right to our face Where's to that? use us Fans. as a prop. Yeah, we are. Come on, Tony. We gotta, if it's on the internet, we got to talk about it, right? <laughs> That's the motto. People are saying some rude things about Zion and Chuck the last couple of days. Yeah. And Chuck. Yeah, do you hear Chuck? I mean, mm-hmm. Chuck about Chuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ex- except Chuck yeah, has the like. Chuck has the one thing Zion doesn't, and that is the capability. Hell yeah! It is called oh, it Towns. I didn't see this. Yeah, it was last night. Playing That's a game. really cool uh, pan. Yeah, I think so too. Now, unfortunately for Starry, uh, we're starting a little too far behind Sprite. Yeah, but so Sierra Miss. Yeah, Sierra. Yeah. This is good news. This is literally. Yeah. I'll take a Sprite. We have Pepsi products. All right, give me a star. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Is it better than 7-Up? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't. I haven't even ventured into the Seven Up world strictly because of the Sprite thing. Mm. Seven Up also not available everywhere. What right? is Seven? That's no. my worry with the story. Is Seven? If it's going to replace Sierra Mist, it'll be available though, right? Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. Bruce, you said they're replacing Sierra Mist. Yeah, that's correct. Is it the same as Sierra Mist? Yeah, exactly. They just put it in a different can. Did they just say, oh, look at Mark this. Yeah. Young hey, mm-hmm. look, yellow look, ball. Zion yep. and Carl Anthony Towns and Angel Reese drinking story. And they're putting that it's stuff Sierra right Mist. in the middle of it. Yep. Don't love it. Let's go to Ma- Matthew in Louisiana on 500. What's going on, Matthew? Full name. Hello. Oh, shit, boys. How we doing? Great. Hey, now bro. that you're on, keep it moving, pal. Yes, sir. Hey, I wanted to ask, is the Pat McAfee show going to be the first ESPN show with a live in-studio audience? Yeah, I believe it will be. Thank you so much for that question. That is something that we've kind of just kicked down the road. Well, have so Marty McGee. No, no, Marty McGee still, got people sometimes. We're still finishing, mm. like, actually finishing the interior yeah. of it. Yeah, we got some decorations coming into yeah. this place. We're really pushing it, though. You know what I mean? We should have been honest a lot quicker. Security. We should have, but there were other issues we had to handle. You know, a lot of things happening in the, you know. I mean, our switcher still doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. So That's what I mean. How does that happen? I don't know. Top dollar, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. Brand new, too. It is brand new. Hoo-hada, na-nada. You know what I mean? Not top dollar. Not A.J. Francis. No, no, I'm talking about all oh, the shit we got bamboozled into buying. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it works, though, A.J. A lot of it works. What is the switcher? What goes back and forth from camera to camera? Yeah, for uh, not since control panel two weeks ago had this issue happened. We uh, couldn't change the camera, so the camera just stayed on the same shot. And I, I, we had no idea. I mean, it was like technology. And sometimes too much. Lot. There's a lot of wires back here, pal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, Zito has tried to figure it out, and obviously, I've tried to get explained what's going on and where's going where, but. That's another one of those, like, we just hope it figures it out. Yep. Bingo. You know what I mean? Push this button, reset this thing, it'll activate itself and clean out any flaws that it has. Yes. Don't even worry about it. That's what you're paying for. Are you sure? Don't you think we should get something that maybe... Well, then it would have nowhere near the capabilities that this Please, has. Don't tell me how to do my job. Also. Wiped out. Okay. Yeah, we've studied these things. We created Have you? These. I don't... All right. You're saying it's going to... It's not going to... Yeah? Just shut up. Okay. How much is it? Oh. That feels like a lot, doesn't it? That's cheap for one of those. Yeah, things. but think about what you're buying. Yeah. Think what you're buying. It fixes itself. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to talk to it. He can't talk. He doesn't even know who you are. Just fix itself. Yeah. What? Right. If someone tells you to shut up, what can you do? Bingo. Start screaming. I can't remember what episode. Ah. And to upgrade this thing, $300,000 probably. No problem. <laughs> oh, that's it? Just... Jeez. Thought it'd be five hundred dollars. Can, this is, can this you sell is, that one? Can I get a little bit of money for that one? I would recommend not starting a sports network where you have to build <laughs> or a network at all where you have to build a studio. I would not recommend it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that in the uh, vlog. Just fucking of up. the Disney upfront. The whole Disney upfront story, though. I'm happy we have a video of that to remember it. Such a large fucking room there when you watch Big it. Massive. Gonna remember that. Talked about my daughter's farting in her. It's that fuck. It's good. She's gonna, good. She's going to be pumped to remember that. Let's go to another phone call. Let's go to Tim in Maryland. 500 phone line. What's going on, Tim? Oh, shit. Hi, boys. I apologize. I'm mowing the lawn. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Happy you're working out there. What do you want to talk about, Tim? Uh, all right. Well, first, huge congratulations to Dirty God damn it. His pregnancy with his missus. What? That's fucking oh, we awesome. weren't doing Congrats congratulations. Jesus. Well, it's the first one for Dirty. I mean, no, no, no. Connor, Connor, Connor. 
It was not for the what? show and for Pat. Okay. This oh, okay. It's for dirty announcement. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Hell yeah. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. I heard congrats, Connor, and I, I said I'm fucking done with it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Connor, I was going to ask you to officiate my wedding, but because of you, you, you responded like that, I'm going to move on. Perfect. Wow. Pat, you, you missed out. Wait, wait, wait. When's you the wedding? You missed out. You could have did this guy's when, wedding. When's the wedding? Wow. When's sorry. the wedding? It, it's, it's in October. I'm busy. I'm sorry. Wouldn't interfere with football. October interferes with football. My sister's birthday's in October. Okay, so it's, I don't on think Thursday. it's on Thursday. <laughs> well, guess what? There's Thursday football. Thursday wedding? Tim, high school, college, and NFL yes. plays on Thursdays as well. There's a lot of football in October, but nonetheless. It's just cheaper to have it on the yeah, weekdays we and not on the weekdays. Oh, yeah. Smart. We understand. Smart. We love the move that you made, especially in October. Um, what do you want to talk about, yeah. Bob? Well, my, Pat, you've talked plenty of times on this show about how you think, uh, you know, uh, the Stanford boy would have really benefited from sitting behind possibly a veteran when he got Andrew drafted. Luck. Andrew yeah. Luck. God damn, I can't forget the snoreboarding accident motherfucker's name. Oh, well. Yeah, you're but, embar- you're you know, Anthony Richardson just came to the Colts, you know, and a certain quarterback who had Anthony Richardson on his list for backups that he would back up for, Cam Ooh. Newton. Do you think Colts would possibly pick him up as an option yes. to be a good mentor? I like that. Yeah, yes, Richardson? definitely. Interesting, Tim. That's an interesting question. I appreciate you calling in and asking it. Uh, they got Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying Gardner Minshew has anywhere near the resume that Cam Newton does, but he does know the offense pretty good, has had success as a starter, has been through it all, and could probably benefit there. But I don't think they're thinking about bringing in another veteran quarterback, although I think Anthony Richardson and Cam have a great relationship, and it would be fantastic. That doesn't feel like a Chris Ballard move. No, no. but you'd want to, right? We got Anthony Richardson, buddy. We're not doing the whole retired, almost football player guy anymore. Nope. But everyone We're not watching highlights of the old days saying this guy's still great. I love Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want Cam Newton on every team. If we didn't draft Anthony Richardson, I'd say, hell yeah, give us Cam Newton. Bring him in. Phil Rivers, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, man. Carson Wentz, hell yes. Okay? Yeah. Bring it. Mm-hmm. We'd love everything about it. But instead, you know, we drafted uh, Anthony Richardson. And he's an absolute dog. Yep. So we're going to want him to know this team is his. And you got I mean, Ellinger. Gardner, Ellinger, oh, that's Sam Ellinger. Yeah, Ellinger you're right. He's still spinning. in the squad. Oh, there's Richard. Here we go. Frog with a great snap. Shout out, Frog. Going oh, through. Look how big he Settle is. Settle yourself. He's huge. Huge. Yeah, pretty athletic, too. Let's yeah. Let's, Let's see fucking it. hit it, pal. Will Levis? Yeah. No. Let's wow. go. Yeah. Yeah. The Let's go. There's the guy. Yo. 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 Yup! We got a guy! You got the guy. Wow. Yes. Are you kidding me, dude? Holy shit. Undefeated for sure. We got the guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go. Congratulations, everybody else that drafted a quarterback or has one on their team. Welcome to the Anthony Richardson era. Went through that bag drill, touched one, didn't touch it again. Mm-mm. Absolutely flawless wow. on where the ball was being positioned in the pocket mm-hmm. while he was under duress yeah. and he was moving. Yeah. And then on the run, flick of the wrist, beautiful spiral. Tight. Thing looks like it came out of a jugs machine. Uh-huh. Bardonsky. Yep. Exactly what he was. Good luck, NFL, for the next 15 years. We got a guy. Oh, man. That is Bar gorgeous. Died. That is gorgeous. Oh, AJ. Hey, the ball does come out of his hand nice, man. He looks comfortable. It's a feel-good Friday, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
I'd say. I haven't I'm felt this good. So. There you about go. The I can't wait years. to watch him. Me too. Oh my good God. Just watch out for the mascot, Foxy. You know what there is well. you know there's one thing left to do, right? Huh? Fucking pay the rest of that stadium off. Yes. And make that money back with AR five. Pay the rest of the yeah. stadium off. Do what the Vikings did, follow okay. in their footsteps. I don't even know if that's even in the no, because they don't even. Yeah, you're right. Like they're not, Colts aren't even leasing it, right? Yeah, it's, it's not even ours. Yeah, city. That would be sweet if they had yeah. pool tabs, though. It's renting. I oh, I love that. You know, we posted that video <laughs> explaining that the Minnesota Vikings paid off mm-hmm. their debt or whatever of their loan, like 26 years earlier, whatever yep, it is, yep. saving 200 and some million dollars uh, from taxpayers' 70. money, or that would be taken directly out of well, people's, they're added to people's taxes. And then you got people like Bruce out there going, "Yeah, but why don't you?" Why don't you look into how they got that money to pay off, Ellen? They sold stuff to people. Huh? What? So who actually paid for it? It's like, well, excuse me. I didn't know that the Minnesota team was going to put a farm together for money trees, and they were just going to grow the money to fucking pay it back. I assumed at some point they were going to have to sell a product or something to customers Fools. to earn money, to pay money uh, back. You what know? are we doing? No, it was Minnesotans. The body was like, they're the only ones. Buying the pool tabs? Are they the only ones that bought the jerseys? Are they the only ones that bought the tickets? Mm. Are they the only ones that bought the concessions? Mm. Are they the only ones that bought the beers? Are they the only ones that bought the parking passes? Are they the only ones that bought anything that goes into making money as a business in the NFL? Interesting. Well, look, they bought it off all the booze bags, all the beer. That's what they sold. It's like, yeah. Sorry. It's like getting taken out of everybody oh, that shit. isn't interested in the Vikings' taxes automatically and making everybody furious. They did a business move to earn money. That's crazy. Before, before you know it, they're going to fucking use some of that money to pay Justin Jefferson, and that's fucking... Ugh. That's it. The, it is Minnesota's money. <laughs> that's where we draw the line. I like it. Did they have a 100% home attendance rate at their yeah. stadiums? Probably. They're very high this year. They're so, no, no, I'm no, saying... Yes, obviously, they are selling that place out. I'm talking about only home fans <laughs> oh. in the entire stadium. Mm-hmm. Only Vikings fans. Mm-hmm. Not a single away team mm. fan was in there at all. Nope. That's why I thought they did it on purpose so that they could fucking get only Minnesotans' money. That's right. I think maybe the highest visiting fan rate was at Minnesota. Just off how many yeah, Giants I, fans were at the the away game. Yeah, but it's not higher, not higher than the Chargers. Or the Raiders. Pole taps, great business. Full time's great business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great business. Oh, yeah. We were talking about it today about how it's hard not to just start popping. Oh, my God. I love them. Once you start doing it. And then it's so, like, kind of cheap, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Until it's, until it's it quietly stacks up. Yeah, and then you just, oh, I can get one more. I can't win. I can't lose 10 straight. Right. You got 20 bucks? Give me another 20. Give me another I got hit at some point, right? Like big face coffee. Boom. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Pringles, so good. Got it. Oh. oh, underneath you put one underneath. Dude. Oh, maybe bonus ball. 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 Oh, still there. Right. Yeah. Don't need it. Right. Not on this field. Good Friday after watching Anthony Richardson throw that ball right there. Unreal. Goddamn right. Right through the net. Swack. Fuck. Hold on. That might. Hold on. Them. I want to go over with the basketball. That'd be sweet. Nice. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's another. This is it. This is the one. Do it for Anthony. This AJ, what's this for right now? What are we doing? What, 10 merches? What do you think? 10 okay. merches. 
15 merches. 15 merches. 20 oh, merches. Cool. 15 merches. 15 merches. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. 15 merches because Anthony Richardson is a certified dog. Hey, Amen. Yeah. You seen him on that yeah. drill? Oh, yeah. Look yeah. big. How could you not watch that oh, and think to yourself, boy. oh, Colts, Super Bowl champions. Rookie of the year. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. Velocity. God. Dart. Frog with a stick. Sure. Oh, oh, my oh. God. Nice catch. Oh, catch. Great catch by the equipment room. Frog with the snaps. Dart to T. T's been catching footballs for the last 20 years at the Combine and for the Colts. Oh, my God. Wow. That ball placement? Oh, my God. They got a guy. Good release, too. Oh, my God. You got a guy. Got the next Joe Montana. Yes! 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 <laughs> oh. It's all right. Still good. Yeah. Still good. Well, <laughs> Might as well sling one of those <laughs> yeah. into the fuck. It was never basketball. It was yeah. always football, just like Anthony Richardson. And You're right. Yep. That's what it just always do, do what was. he just did. It's hard for me, though, to, like, you know, like, I'm still going to be in such jovial spirits after watching those videos. Yeah, oh, yeah. No matter what happens, it's ball. Right. You know, when yeah. I miss in other days, like, I'm genuinely disappointed sure. that I missed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why am I putting that on tape? Why am I letting down all the people? Why am I letting that moment not happen? Genuinely bummed. Today it's going to be hard to find time to be bummed. Yeah, exactly. you got a guy. You got a baby at home. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got a guy, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit, AJ. The video might carry you for the next, I don't know, three, four months. At least. Boom. Boom. Wow. See? There's always the ball. I'm following your lead, Anthony Richardson. Coach to the Super Bowl. Woo. All right, 15 merches. All you do is retweet this video and say something nice to somebody. It's a feel-good Friday. You should do that anyways. Big thanks to Mitch Morse, Chuck Pagano, and Kenny Albert joining us today and all the guests from this week. Everybody is so incredibly kind to us with their time when they come in and tell us their takes and their thoughts and their stories. We are very lucky to do this for a living. We hope you will join us on Monday for a big one. Huge. We got basketball Finals Bye. reactions, hockey finals Bye. reactions, Bye. elevated golf tournament Bye. reactions. Bye. Let's go. Have an incredible weekend. Be nice to somebody. And uh, goodbye.